heard about Anchor, it is the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your own phone or computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more podcast platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Holy crap, everyone. Uh, Happy holidays. It is December 22nd, 2020. We're almost there. We're almost near the finish line of this interesting year. But you know what? Today is a very special episode for me. It is episode number 50 of YWC Football Talk. I have two very big guests on for today's show. I have first up Andy McNamara. Pardon me for that, is back from Roger Sports. Now, to talk fantasy football, we're going to talk a little bit of NFL, but Andy's going to get you ready for some potential waiver wire pickups for your championship, for your, if it's a third place game, like I'm in a couple third place games, unfortunately, but you know what, he's going to help you to kind of, you know what, guide you to the path of victory, maybe, you know what, if you're playing for cash, if you're playing for a ring, if you're playing for a trophy, or just bragging rights, he's going to get you ready for all of those. And then, making his return for the first time in a couple months, Joe Miller III from the Below Fanatics uh, Buffalo Bills radio, uh, Buffalo Bills Podcast Network is back as him and I get you ready for Week 16 of the NFL. We're going to slide through all the games and predict them, and most importantly, talk about this upcoming Monday night football clash in Foxborough between the Bills and the Patriots. Now I know both the games don't really mean much for either side, well, more for Buffalo than New England because New England's season, unfortunately, came to an end on Sunday. But anyway, we're here. We're going to get you set. But first up, guys, Andy McNamara is on, then Joe. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. And holy crap, guys, we made it. Episode 50. Can you believe it? Because I can't. And welcome back, everyone. Just did a little quick little intro here. But here with me now is from Roger Sports and Andy McNamara. Andy, welcome back, buddy. How are we feeling today? Feeling good. Listen, the Cleveland Browns are 10-4. I'm feeling dangerous like Baker Mayfield, baby. I'm feeling good. It's the holiday season. You know, there's every... Everything is is good. Uh, you know, I just need some eggnog and I'll, I'll be a happy guy. I love to hear it. I love to hear it. We're just a few days <laughs> away from Christmas. It's a little colder outside now. Everyone's getting yeah. nice and relaxed for the holidays. But with that being said, and the one reason I wanted to have you on here is fantasy football. Because obviously, I know I'm a fantasy football junkie. You get you get paid to be a fantasy football junkie, which is something I can say I'm low-key a little jealous of. But that's just that's life <laughs> itself. But... For those people, I said this earlier, whether it's bragging rights, cash, a ring, like I know you've got a couple of them from your videos, what kind of keys or waiver wire pickups are you looking at for people to potentially go for this week to win that well, yeah, And, and too, like, even if you're out of your playoffs, you got eliminated or whatever, uh, you still have like DraftKings, right? You still have the DFS side of things to, to keep going into the playoffs and all that. So uh, there's still lots of fantasy you know, goodness to be had. Um, for me, what I'm looking at is this is this is really it, of course, right? This is your championship. So, for if you have any high waiver wire priority, if you have any auction dollars remaining, if you want a guy, put it in there. Just like in real life, you can't take it to the grave with you, right? It's gone. So use it and get the guy you want. Um, somebody, and we're not going to really know the full status to later in the week, but I don't mind it as a proactive ad. One of my top guys is Tony Pollard with the Cowboys, right? Like it, you got to look at what he's done the, without with Zeke limited. And then in his first big start last week, 132 yards from scrimmage. That's the most, uh, more than Zeke has had all year. Had a couple rushing touchdowns. He looks fresh. He looks dynamic. And 
I bet you at the end of the season we're going to find out something wasn't right all year with with Zeke. He just seemed to he just seemed off. It's one of those one of those years. But listen, if you can get yourself Tony Pollard, okay, and Zeke doesn't play, that's the real key. Like it, there might be some standalone value. Obviously, you have to lower the ceiling if Elliott is in there. But they're going to be they they got that against San Francisco, and you, you look at at what he might be able to do against a Philadelphia team whose run defense is ranked 24th, right? And you get, especially in PPR, you got the pass catching, et cetera. Uh, on top of that, I think Pollard is a smash play this week if you can get him. That, you know, can I tell you something? Right before I called you, I made a claim in my league where FAB is a thing for the waiver wire. I put in some money to drop Raheem Moster, who was placed on IR today, and I went for Tony Pollard because I'm like, and this is for third place, but I'm still like treating it as, you know what? I want to win. I want to end the season yes. on a high note. Absolutely. You still place, right? Yeah. And especially if you're in like Yahoo leagues or whatever, it, it sort of keeps your rank and all that and, and everything. Yeah, you, you want to go as hard as possible. Even if you're in the consolation, always better to finish on a win, right? Okay. Always better to finish on the plus side. And yet, listen, you lose second place, you win third. Think of it that way. Exactly, like second place. Like I remember all the years where it's like you get you sit, like you get to the finals, and then your team just blows it, and second place just feels so demoralizing. Like I even say the uh, same thing with like hockey, with like the Olympics. Like if someone asked me, would you rather get a silver or win a bronze? I would say win a bronze because like silver's kind of like yeah, like I was there, but I didn't win. Meanwhile, bronze, it's like yeah. hey, you won something. You still have something to go you off won. of. Exactly, exactly. You get it. So you can you can go and, and do that, and that's a good point with. With Moser, Jeff Wilson Jr. also listed as questionable. Probably best to try to avoid that San Francisco backfield if possible. Yeah, exactly. Because that's what I had both. Because I remember when I tweeted you Sunday, mm-hmm. I had both, so I wasn't deciding who to go yeah. for. Like Raheem obviously got hurt. Same thing too. He's been dealing with injuries all year. I think we're gonna find something out about Zeke for uh, next, like at the end of the season, that something was wrong. But going yep. into next year, there's actually one player who. Hasn't played much this year, but I would still take him in the top four if I'm drafting that position next year. And that's McCaffrey, but because obviously I'm, mm-hmm. most leagues uh, I'm in, he went first. But if I have that coveted first overall pick next year, I don't know how you don't go Derrick Henry. Boy. Yeah. Yeah, like, the offense all runs through him. Now, I start to get a little nervous, and, and you know what? Some of those nerves started going, coming this year. First Two, three weeks of the season, he started slow. At some point, that workload is going to catch up with him and he's going to fall off. We don't know when that's going to happen, right? Christian McCaffrey was bulletproof before this year, and then he's, he's been banged up the whole time. That's a lot of work. But to your point, if we're looking at who are you going to take, now, do you want to get back on the Christian McCaffrey train? Absolutely. What about Saquon Barkley, who was typically this consensus number two? That's two straight years of injuries. I'm going to probably look to fade a bit. How high do you get Nick Chubb? who's been an absolute stud, right? And and so when you look, yeah, that first overall pick, especially in standard leagues, like Derrick Henry still doesn't catch the ball a whole lot, so that might damper him down to a two or three. Still great high position um, in PPR. But, yeah, like the offense is all through Derrick Henry. Until he really gives you a reason not to, you can't doubt him. Exactly. Um, on your note about Saquon, I think I would put him in Zeke kind of in like that five, six, seven spot because – I was thinking about the other day, and I said this to someone, I would probably have like the top four be like Derrick Henry, like I said, McCaffrey. I'd probably put third or fourth. I feel like you could go like Ty- even like a Tyreek Hill or Chubb, and you can't go wrong. But I, I would still have Alvin Kamara in my top five. But then 
Because, like, yeah. you look at, like, it's just so funny this year with the Saints with fantasy, how last year Michael Thomas has this amazing year, and Alvin Kamara was dealing with injuries. Now the roles are reversed. Like, Kamara's been a... He's had his off time with the Breeze injury because, obviously, he's a lot better when Drew is out there. But he's just so, like, when he's on, he's on. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's true. And uh, part of that, of where he gets drafted, I think is going to depend as well. Who is the quarterback with the Saints next year? I I just cannot accept that they are going to go with the talent around them and go with Taysom Hill. That, that just makes... I think we saw that Taysom Hill... Is, is kind of what we thought he was. He was a nice gadget guy who can, can make the odd spot start for you. Like, if Sean Payton thinks they're winning the Super Bowl with Taysom Hill, he, he's on, on on something that would be uh, cause him to get a PED suspension in the NFL. Like, that's, that's, that's incredibly insane to think that Taysom Hill is going to be a guy to lead you. And he just brings everybody from the fantasy side to everybody's value down around him. So I, I wonder... Okay, Drew Brees retires. Obviously, they didn't see what they liked out of Jameis Winston. Otherwise, he'd be in there. So, if it's not Jameis, if it's not Taysom, if it's not Brees, where do they go? And that's really where this quarterback carousel is going to be so fascinating with New England in there. Does San Francisco look to make a move? Because Jimmy Garoppolo can't stay healthy. You know, Carson Wentz is uh, looks like he wants out of town. There's Matt Ryan. There's Kirk Cousins. Like, this... This offseason for quarterbacks and then the surrounding pieces around the, the quarterback, where they go to, it's going to be really interesting. It, the quarterback here is also to Matt Stafford, I think, is a name you throw in there. Yeah. Um, it's okay. just, it's going to be who's going to take that contract on. Um, another piece I've heard, just because Mickey Loomis can be a bit of a cap god where he can get his way around there, I wouldn't be surprised if you heard rumblings about them potentially trying to get Dak, but. I it's just that's a very interesting name because part of me thinks that you can stay in Dallas and be a star, or you can go somewhere else right now and you can succeed instantly because Dallas is that weird like middle ground where you don't know what you're going to get. Right, and especially with McCarthy, who's had it. It looks like you know maybe they're starting to to finish on a more positive note, but you had like instant mutiny when Dak went down. They're still not the long term contract. Like where. Where does that team go? They are loaded on offense, but you know maybe it's going to depend what Jerry Jones feels he can do in the offseason. you got to obviously upgrade that defense and figure out where you're at with that offensive line, which was the strength for, for quite a while, right? Do you need to rejig? Are people coming back? Like You have to get better, and really for them as well, like if you don't, if you want to move on for Dak, where do you go? It's not going to be Ben DiNucci. And you're not going to go with that Andy Dalton, right? Like, Dalton's a, a great backup. But where do you go on a team that is stacked offensively and in an incredibly weak division? You potentially package all of them into a Herschel Walker-esque deal with the Jacksonville Jaguars. And oh, my. Think about it. A 6'6", long-haired Christian quarterback, I think would go over nicely. That's a pipe dream. Oh, boy. But that's just one thing that like comes to mind where I'm like, that's something that I think Dallas could do because Jer- Jerry will push all the chips to the table. You're oh mortgaging your long-term future, but it's something that – it's just something that always comes to my mind because you never know with him. Because, like, look, like I said, Herschel Walker 40 years ago that happened, but at the same time now, too, we don't know what exactly can happen with that. But another quarterback I wanted to give you an interesting landing spot to is – I wouldn't be shocked if you hear Chris Ballard calling the Eagles to get Carson to the Colts. That 
that could be. Look at the style, the big body, the mobility behind a great offensive line. I'm not saying that Carson Wentz is in the same stratosphere as when Andrew Luck was at his peak, but you can make the you can see the similarities, right? Big body guy who can move. That would be a tremendous deal, especially with Phil Rivers. You know, you did. I think with Phil Rivers, you, you did upgrade the, the uh, quarterback position. You're probably going to get in as either a wild card or a division guy. Are, are the Colts scaring anybody to go to the Super Bowl? No. Do you win around? Eh, maybe off the defense and, and you're fine. But they're not legitimate, scary contenders. So to upgrade, I think the Carson Wentz fit would be, would be perfect, really. Fresh start, something to prove, great offensive line. You got some t- uh, you got some offensive talent there as well, and you got a, a really good defense. Plus two, the head coach of the Colts was with the Eagles in seventeen when That's Carson right. may have had an MVP right. season. I don't remember. Um, yeah, I want to switch gears quickly because man, we got. Something to talk about that's going to make you a lot happy, and it's what in the world has happened with the Pittsburgh Steelers? Because I saw oh. a tweet last night that had 2019 Patriots and a handshake emoji, and then 2020 Steelers. Because that's an like the Rams had an ugly loss, but that for the Steelers was an ugly loss last night. That that was that was filthy in the best possible way. Oh, oh man, I had I, I would I just had a, my. A little bourbon with some ice cubes, and I just, I just toasted. I'm like, thank you, Cincinnati. That was absolutely tremendous. All the Pittsburgh fans, you know, and it's, it's like, look, you look at this, this Steelers team. Start 11 and 0. You've lost three in a row. You have Juju, who, boy, like we talk about bulletin board material. Uh, Juju just got plastered too. Who was it, Von Bell, who just took him out of his cleats? Yeah. Wrapped <laughs> the logo, like. It's a team where, like, it's it's tricky to pinpoint because you had Deontay Johnson with the drops and a lot of incompletions. Is it Big Ben? Are they just slowing down? Is it age? That elbow, which was surgically repaired and looking for most of the year, is it is it time just coming after them? They've become so one-dimensional with just passing the ball, can't run it. And the defense, you've lost key pieces like a Bud Dupree, uh, and to have, to have, honestly, it's embarrassing. You have Ryan Finley. Ryan Finley, who the Bengals believe so little in, they elevated Brandon Allen off the practice squad to leapfrog him in the depth chart to play before he also got injured. Like, that was just, if you're a Steelers fan, a catastrophe. And you have to wonder, okay, what is this going to look like in the playoffs? Do we still win the division? Because you got a tough game, tough couple games coming up. To finish this year, you finish the season against the Cleveland Browns, which could come down to the AFC North, and the, and then you have next week the, the Colts team we just talked about, and they're not an easy out. Exactly, because um, like Steelers, Colts, and then the Browns have the Jets, which I don't want to say gimme anymore because last week I jokingly said, "Oh, I'm going to pick the Jet." I'm just kidding. I'm picking the Rams, but we all know where that went. Yeah. You guys, more the the Browns more than likely will have an encore at MetLife Stadium this Sunday. But the NFL, like, if the Steelers lose to the Colts, which, like you said, very well could happen, and then the Browns more than likely beating the Jets, I don't know how that game's not Sunday Night Football Week 17 for the division. Exactly. Exactly. You have to think that is, you have all the storylines matched in. You have a division title on the line. You have one of the oldest rivalries in the National Football League. And you have possibly seeing the changing of the guard in the division with 
Ben Roethlisberger, 17 years. It's in Cleveland. He's owned that team forever. And Baker Mayfield and company on the rise and absolutely being surgical with their offense right now. Well, I think when we look at that type of um, of matchup and storyline, just to the general public, never mind the, the fans of both teams, I, I, I really I don't know any other Sunday night matchup you want to have right now. The only one I could see potentially is Philadelphia-Washington just because we don't know what's going to happen to those teams. And also, too, I don't know if you heard, but there was that Dwayne Haskins fiasco that's going on right oh now. Oh, my gosh. Which, in the normal yeah. age, it's like whatever, but in today's day and age, that's something you, you don't look at. Um, but one thing I want to say, because this will make you happy, but I've been asking people on the show here, like, who's your MVP and who's your coach of the year? Mm. Mine's Stefanski. Because I know a lot of people yeah. are going to go, oh, McDermott, because like, of how good Buffalo's been. But you, you're leading the Browns slowly and slowly up to a 10-win team when I read the tweets yesterday of Ian Rappaport that said, Browns hire Stefanski. And there's a lot of people in there who are like, I don't know, like, they, could they wait for Robert Sala? But now, he's got Baker playing some great football. And I think, honestly, there's no questions going forward who the quarterback in Cleveland is. I, I wouldn't think so. The way he's playing, the way he's taking on this offense. Remember, too, this is Baker's fourth different offense in three years like uh, most quarterbacks you say that it's like okay you're done like look at Dwayne Haskins struggles on the field poor Sam Darnold right and Baker has overcome and as the season has gone on he's developed he's learned on the fly and I think Kevin Stefanski is the absolute no-brainer coach of the year simply because now as Sean McDermott done a great job with the Buffalo Bills yes but they got to the playoffs last year they're already good right for the Dolphins Brian Flores Okay, they've made a jump, but they were, again, already sort of on the rise a little bit. And for the Browns, who have been bad for so long, have not made the playoffs since 2002, you got them in double-digit wins for the first time since 2007. And you got this guy, Kevin Stefanski, who was only an offensive coordinator for a year and a half, doing this? I don't, you know, who knows how the voters go, and, and I'm sure for Stefanski, they'll, they'll take playoff wins over uh, individual awards any day, but I don't know how you go in any other direction than Stefanski. Because I believe it was one of those things where he was a uh, plus 900, so if like you bet 100, you'd win You'd win 9. Um, but yeah, it's oh, like... really? Yeah, I think, I, that's the last I heard, because I know Mike Tomlin was the favorite for a while, but I think that ship has sailed. Um, yeah. Just look on the tail end, because like I said earlier, how I said the handshake emoji thing, this Steeler team reminds me a lot of the Pats of last year, of once they kind of get figured out, like... They look slow, but with Cleveland, like even too, like say if you guys make it to the playoffs, lose the wild card or even divisional, like there's hope going forward for Cleveland. It's just if you you get the defense healthy, I think maybe add a piece or two at linebacker because you got a good defensive line with like Miles Garrett anchoring it. The future's bright for the brown and orange. Yeah, yeah, it it should be. I hope you know. I'm always a little skeptical just because we've been through. So much suffering, one in thirty-one. You know, anytime there's a glimmer of good, bad happens, and all that. But this, this feels very different. This feels real, and something for Browns fans that they have not felt since well, two thousand two, and probably more accurately, when Bill Belichick was the coach of this team in nineteen ninety-four, the last time they won a playoff game. So yeah, you need to you need to get better on the defense, no doubt. Linebacker, absolutely. Now on at safety of Grant Delpit, who is. Uh, the Browns' first draft pick this year coming, uh, sorry, second uh, after Dredick Wills uh, coming back. He tore his Achilles in camp, so you got that. 
you need to upgrade really all the, the the focus needs to almost solely be on the defense you need safety depth you need corner depth you need new linebackers and actually too you need a new pass rusher to um uh go opposite miles Garrett because olivier vernon's gonna go uh he's not gonna be re-signed so you need sort of a young uh, uh either fresh just pin back your ears and go guy maybe a little raw around the edges in the draft or get somebody in free agency because you need to compliment Miles Garrett and someone who can really get after it. And Vernon, while he's he's done well down the stretch, just isn't that guy anymore. Yeah, exactly. Because like he's also like on the back end of his career and everything. You're right. Because yeah, yeah, Ma- yeah. Miles Garrett got his got his bag, if you will. He got paid this off season. He had a bounce back. Because obviously at the bad end of last year, he now is a Walter Payton Man of the Year nominee um, on his resume, which I know is a huge honor for every NFL player <laughs> who gets it. But yeah, like with Cleveland now, there's just like optimism. It's not like saying next year I don't like don't know if you're going and going. Yeah, we're gonna win the Super Bowl and everything. But it's hey, it's like you guys like this right now are kind of what I feel like Buffalo was last year, where it's kind of like you just yeah. build, add in a couple little things here and there, and you're set. Right, and it's all about continuity. Something the Browns have not had at all. I just said Baker Mayfield four different offenses in three years. You get another year, hopefully, cross our fingers, a normal offseason with the vaccine coming around and all that. So you hope that gets gets figured out. Uh, you have a full, proper offseason with Baker Mayfield clicking the way he is now. More comfort, upgraded defense, you hope, and, and let's go, right? Like, this is, there is a, a potential real tide turn in the AFC North of, Roethlisberger goes down, gets moved on, retires, or whatever, and Steelers have to retool. The Ravens with Lamar Jackson uh, books out on him, man. I'm not a believer. And for Cincinnati, still a ways to go. I love Joe Burrow, but he has a long road back from a serious knee injury. So it might be another year before he fully gets on track, which would be year three for him. So that's the vision. The playoffs, you just got to stay healthy and focused. That's that's really, if you're the Browns, what you got to think of. Exactly. That's just the one thing I want to say quickly, too, because um, we're just running out of time. Because, like, I heard today with the Steelers, like, Ben's guaranteed money next year is, like, $41 million. they got to get Juju oh. re-signed. It's, it's going to be tough sledding ahead for the Steelers. And with the Ravens, I said this back in March when Yonda retired, but I knew that was going to be a big loss for them. Because, like, people don't yeah. realize how big offensive linemen, when you lose them, are. But... Yeah, that's all pretty much I have to just want to say quickly, too, because I don't want to take too much yeah. of your time up, but that's the keys of it. And I, as I now sit on the shelf for January and sit back and relax and watch football, I I hope the Browns can make some noise or even to this offseason. One thing I wanted to say is there's no change of coach or manager. Andrew Barry and Stefanski yeah. are going to be a team to help build this future forward for you guys. Yeah, and for the first time in, like, honestly – Probably since '99, I'm just thinking it, it might it might be the actual first time uh, since the expansion team return. Is you have a coach and a general manager firmly on the same page, a GM who is in on the process of hiring the coach. Usually, it's been one way or the other. One guy gets fired, another guy doesn't. You know, you try to force marriages. These guys are in lockstep, and winning really helps keep everybody in lockstep. Uh, you got that. It's it's just been so long since anything positive has happened i just want them to get in and go on a little bit of a run because i'll tell you this fan base that city that team one of the the oldest most historic in the nfl that fan base deserves it they're hungry for a winner in that city i know you know that more than i do because you you cheer you're a part of that dog pound i I see you all the time supporting them 
But anyway, Andy, I wish your team, because at this rate, you guys will be in the playoffs. I wish you nothing but the best in the playoffs. And I also wish you two a very Merry Christmas and a Happy Holidays. Yes, Merry, Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays to you, to the listeners. Always uh, happy and, and thrilled to come on with you talking fantasy football, NFL football. So let's do it again uh, when the playoffs kick. Sounds good. I'll, Andy, you'll be back on. Anyway, guys, we'll be back in just a little bit after this. But thank you very much once again to Andy McNamara. Now, um, thanks to Andy for the great talk, chat that we just had. But now it's on to Week 16, and Joe Miller the Third is back with me here to talk Week 16 and uh, a little bit of an important game for the two of us coming up this uh, Monday night. But, Joe, how, <laughs> you must be on cloud nine right now. Yeah, dude, it feels great. Like, it's, uh, it's something uh, that I have not had the opportunity to be a part of for a very long time. So, it's uh, yeah, it's it's beyond incredible. I know. I saw all the stuff. I saw your uh, post about the uh, Cole Beasley jersey just being rolled out. Dude, he- it, vultures. The people attacked him like should The lady so the bill store was. I've been to the bill store a million times. It's not. It's only ten minutes from my house. Yeah. Um, and like normally, there's one or two people in there. It's a ghost town. Not that that's a bad thing. It's just like when you go there on a Tuesday in February, there's nobody there. Um, and the place was um, in the morning. The line was down Abbott Road, which is basically one bill's drive. Uh, and then when I got there about three o'clock, I was picking up a, a gift card for my daughter for her birthday or for her birthday, sorry, for Christmas. And, uh, the place was slammed. It was packed with people. And like this, this girl rolled out an entire cart of Beasley jerseys and then an employee yelled, Cole Beasley. And then literally it was like rats on cheese, like vultures just like descended upon the rack. It was crazy. I've never seen anything like it. <laughs> just like Black Friday at Walmart when they're like, hey, hey, here's a bunch of TVs for like 90 bucks. And it's just like, it was go nuts. Cause he's someone that like, before we get into week 16, I want to talk about because he's really revitalized his career in that slot receiver role in Buffalo. And then the other two receivers I just want to talk about, cause ever since you mentioned him, every time I hear his name called in the game is Gabriel Davis. I just think of yeah. when you pointed him out to me, like on our chat about two, two and a half months ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Cole Beasley isn't reviving his career. He started his career. I mean, literally, you're talking about this is what he could have been uh, as a Dallas Cowboy. The problem was, and the reason that he left Dallas, and he's a Texas kid, the reason that he left is because in Dallas, he was there when Dez was there, uh, it was very much made aware. Dak, you throw the ball to Dez. That's where the ball goes. And Cole was just like, I want to play too. Like, I'm not just a decoy out here running routes for no reason. So Buffalo gave him that opportunity to make him a significant part of the offense. And the kid is always open. And the biggest change that you have seen this season so far in Cole's game is Josh's recognition and and desire to take advantage of what's there. And like and, and early in the games. So Josh has come out a lot this season up until about three or four games ago. And he's been wanting to drive the ball down the field like early. Like I need to get 35 yards right now. I need to get 25 yards right now. Um, and it kind of puts the, the, the rhythm and flow kind of were lacking for this team. Yes, they were lighting it up, but there was some rhythm issues. And since he has basically not become captain checkdown, but gotten consistent with Beasley and finding Beasley early and often, it's just put him in a rhythm. And Beasley's open all the time. But you're, yeah, the questions about the other guys too. I mean, Gabriel Davis is going to be a stud in this foot in this league for a very long time. That kid can play football. And then obviously Diggs is the, that chemistry between Diggs and Allen. Like it, it just happens so fast. I mean, I don't think anybody expected that. How fast that chemistry developed. It's crazy. That's that's one of those trades as well, though, where, like, if you look at it, both teams won because, like, they replaced Minnesota, replaced him with Jefferson. 
who's proven to be probably the best rookie receiver this year, and Diggs is really coming to his own. And what I meant by revi- reviving, I meant more or less just kind of like he got to put his name on the map with Buffalo. Yeah, as for compared, sure. As compared to Dallas, like when you said he was kind of second fiddle and kind of left on the back burner. The only other thing I want to say before we talk quickly is I remember you telling me that when I said that week 16, this game's going to decide the East, you're like, no, no, no. This game <laughs> is going to – this division's over by then, and I have to eat crow now as you're, look, you're on the outside – you're on the inside looking out, and I'm on the outside looking right. in, which – like you said before, it's it's a wild land, but hats off to you guys because like you, I like even though everyone too was like, oh look, all oh, like was it really worth it to go to the airport? I don't know if you went to the airport or not. I did Saturday not. Night. I wish I had. So I. Yeah. Uh... So yeah, so for the, for your listeners that aren't necessarily overly familiar with me, I do a, a post game show called the Overreaction Show um, because that's what we as fans of all NFL football teams do. We overreact, and my show is not about X's and O's. It's not about analytics. It's not about you know diving deep into formations and what routes people ran. My show is literally about how did I as a fan feel on the couch and bringing that emotion back to the listener on Monday morning so that we can relive that experience and all the things that we see and felt. And even with that, you know, allowing ourselves to be wrong. So there's many times that like in an emotion, it's like, this guy sucks. And then we find out four or five days later from the analytics guys that, well, actually that wasn't that guy's fault. It was somebody else's fault or it was a scheme issue or something like that. Um, So I recorded my show after the game on uh, Saturday, uh, and it was about 12.30, a.m., because uh, I was still kind of riding it, riding it, feeling the flow as far as that goes. And my daughter, who is a huge Buffalo Bills fan, she's 13, she's about to be 14, huge football fan, huge Buffalo Bills fan. Um, she did fantasy football for the first time this year. She has two teams. She's in the playoffs in both with both teams. One of them, she's actually in her championship game this weekend, which is awesome. Uh, and basically, it was about 12.30, 12.45, and I was like, I can probably still make it to the airport. And I was like... Nah, and I didn't. And then literally, I woke up the next morning, and she found out that three or four thousand people had gone to the airport, and she was a little upset. And then I started doing the math in my head. I was like, "Wait a second. So they clinched the division. Everybody went to the airport. The next game is in Foxborough. They're not going to go to the airport after this game because it doesn't mean anything for us. Then it's home game, home game. The next time they could potentially be on the road and win is the AFC Championship game. And I was like, I may have missed an opportunity, like to take my daughter to something to like really experience just." fandom if you will which is really kind of cool but it is what it is i did not go i i'm 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 kicking myself now i regret it i regret not going at this point no it's all good and i know a lot of people were kind of on the being like oh look all covid and stuff but at the same time too you guys like the last time you guys won a division championship i was two i just turned 27 so for you guys (laughs) it's understandable like for us it's kind of like clockwork but even too to see how like, even Josh recording the fans and not caring about anything. It's not like, obviously, yeah. the Dwayne Haskins situation. He was in his mask, everything. <laughs> which I, would, I was hearing on the radio today, and it's like, Green, Mike Greenberg was being really subtle about it, where it was just like, oh, he did this, and I had to Google it. And I'm like, oh, oh boy. But with yeah. Josh, yeah. it's just like, man, this kid has yeah. really taken over the league. And I also have a take for you that I think out of all the 18 quarterbacks that are due to get paid this offseason... I think he gets the most money, even ahead of Lamar. 
Really? Yeah. That is, a, that is a hot take. First of all, the yeah. airport thing is not new. So Bill's Mafia did that before they were Bill's Mafia, back yeah. when they were just known as the 12th Man. So for those that don't know, the 12th Man existed uh, before Seattle had coined that phrase. Uh, and it's actually on our ring of honor, our wall of fame here in Buffalo. And before that, you may, you and I may have talked about it. Uh, it there was a college team, whether it's Alabama or one of those teams, there's, it's, it actually belongs to another team. They had it first. Um, but yeah, for years, the Super Bowl years, uh, the Bills fans would end up down at the airport to welcome the team home uh, when when they got back, even after the Super Bowl losses and stuff like that. So we're, we're very much the word is diehard, um, which is funny. But uh, what was the second question you asked me? Oh, the hot take yeah. about Josh Allen. Yeah, Josh Allen might enter half a billion land, uh, much like Pat Mahomes, which is insane. I won't be too upset if they structure it. Much like the Pat Mahomes deal, because uh, the Pat Mahomes deal included his final year and his fifth-year options, or maybe fifth, he's a year before Josh. Josh is three, four, so it included his fifth year, so they don't actually it doesn't kick in until, I think, two years from now. Yeah. Uh, so if that happens, then, you know, you hope that COVID is gone, the salary cap can recover, recover and that, uh, you know, paying a guy $40 million a year, $45 million, million a year is, is somewhat easy. Um, or easier, if you will, at uh, you know two hundred thirty-five million dollars, you know, per team or or whatever it could be by then. It's what it was supposed to be this year, I think, and now it's projected to be like one eighty-five, which is crazy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, he's definitely uh, of all the quarterbacks. You know, when you look at progression, uh, and you know, as a Patriots fan and being being twenty-seven, so when Tom Brady started in two thousand one, how old were you? You were not very old. Eight. Eight, yeah. So Tom Brady. So I remember Tom Brady when he came in the league, and Tom Brady was very much handled a lot of the, a lot of in a similar way that Ben Roethlisberger was handled early. So it was like, let's give him little pieces, let's give him little pieces, right? So so you know, dink, not dink and dunk, but you know, like small stuff, not really, you know, not the way you know Peyton came in the league or Andrew Luck came in the league. It was just different. Uh, the difference between Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, and Baker's kind of finding his stride now too. But some of those other guys is that uh, Josh has met every challenge that young quarterbacks face uh, and has overcome them. So it started, you know, in it, like from 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 the beginning where he would go game to game. So it was like you know. I'm getting beat up with this, or I'm getting beat up with that, or they've, they, you know, they've figured me out in this area, so I need to overcome that and learn this. And it would go game to game or season to season, and it's progressed now to where like it's in game. So like the biggest example of that is that Steelers game. The Bills came out, the offense was trash. Luckily, the Steelers' offense was trash too, but like the Steelers were killing us uh, from a protection standpoint. Josh had reverted back to, you know, very much a, I got to get it all back right now in one play, what we call hero ball here in Buffalo, uh, because Josh was that guy in 18 and 19 where he would just chuck the ball across his body 40 yards downfield, and it was just not great plays. And then what we saw was adjustments happened in game. Uh, in that Steelers game, and they came out in the second half of that game, and Josh settled down. They blocked up everybody. The calls got right. They adjusted, and he beat the like he just put it to the Steelers in that second half. And that's what Lamar's missing. That's what like all those other guys, you know, Darnold is missing. They haven't progressed. What we saw Tom Brady do, which is what we saw Ben Roethlisberger do. They didn't progress through the challenges. They kind of just stayed where they were. Defenses and coaches figure them out, and then the next thing you know, they're Vince Young, and they're out of the league, right? Does that make sense? No, no, no. That, make, that makes complete sense. When I just said the whole take about him getting paid, it's just because out of all those quarterbacks, besides Baker, because obviously Baker's had a lot of criticism, but with Josh, yeah. 
He's just improving. And even too, like to that Steelers game, I also credit the pick six late in the second half, second quarter. And yeah. um, we'll we'll talk about it. But Mister uh, Corvette Corvette um, doing his little dance. <laughs> but I credit Josh Allen just for more or less his pocket presence, where he doesn't have to like when you say hero ball. Even too when he's scrambling, he doesn't scramble out of the pocket. He just takes a second, finds his rhythm, finds someone, and just chucks it. Yep. So, like, when doing just simple things like that, and even to, like, how you said, just take a few minutes, just dial it back, and it worked for Buffalo. And even, to Saturday against Denver, I thought going into that game, potential trap game vibes, just because, you know, you never know, mile high. Right. Um, Saturday, like, prime like prime time slot, kind of. I only say kind of just because 4.30, but even though it's that rare Saturday. Right. I thought for sure, like, hey, Bills were going to win, but Broncos were going to cover. But yeah. the fact that you guys went into there and just took care of business... <laughs> speaks uh, volumes about the team. And also, too, I see that you are wearing a Bills hoodie. So I'm going to let you talk about that, and I'm going to go. I'll be back in just one <laughs> quick second, okay? What do you want me to talk about, my Bills hoodie, or you want to talk about the Denver game? You can talk about the Denver game. I'll be back in one quick second because I, I think i got to throw something on to kind of go tit for tat with this. No worries, no worries. So, yeah, the, I mean, the, the Bills, that Denver game for us, uh, even coming into this football game, you know, I had a lot of Bills Mafia messaging me because I do a preview show that comes out the day before the game or the day of the game, and then I do my post-game show. Uh, and in my preview in preview show, I was very confident, and I was telling Bills Mafia to be confident. It's like, look, guys, you know, we have approached the time where, you know, we have a team that should go in and beat, you know, teams that are bad. So we've got we've got a good to great team that should go in against a, 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 a less superior team and we should be able to handle business, much like the Patriots of old have always done. There was always that game where, or several games where the Patriots would go in, even against Buffalo. It's like, yeah, we're going to go in and we're going to take care of business against Buffalo. It's the Bills. And that was very much how I felt that the Bills Mafia should have dealt with this game or feelings they, sh- they should have had going into this football game. And that's very much what happened. Buffalo went in. And as much as the score seemed close early, that was basically because, you know, Andre Roberts, you know, had that unfortunate fumble. They had a short field and they put it in the end zone to make it 14-7. That game was never in question. That game was never in doubt. They didn't have an answer for Josh. Josh Allen was almost toying with them. Like, it was very much like, you know, Josh was just basically back there smiling. I mean, at one point he threw, what, two touchdown passes and had to settle for a field goal or three touchdown passes and then settle for a field goal because they kept getting called back on him. There was just and – and that's what's happening with a lot of – so Robert Sella had the same problem with Josh Allen. It's getting to the point now where defensive coordinators are just befuddled. They don't know how to stop the kid because if you let him sit back there – He's going to laser ball you. He's going to pick you apart. Uh, if you if you if you blitz him, he's going to stiff arm your dude in the face, and he's going to make a completion, or he's going to spin out of the pocket, and he's almost more deadly on the run than he is if he's in the pocket. And God forbid you let him get like loose, right? So you let him cut loose, which is what he did. He had the twenty-two yard touchdown run, which was very reminiscent of you know two thousand eighteen when he was just running all over the place and was just basically you couldn't control the kid back then but uh he's he's an athletic freak um i'm not saying he's pat mahomes he's got a stronger arm but he's definitely six foot five almost six foot six 240 pounds and he's just an athletic freak like he's he's a lot to handle for for a lot of people so exactly i like like with the hoodie thing like i said i had to throw this bad boy on right here so yeah this is actually the new uh this is the service one yeah it's nice yeah no it's nice and it feels really nice it's got like this uh cool like water, like more, like it kind of like feels like a raincoat, like on the hood and like the bottom parts yeah. of the sleeves. But yeah. no, I, like, even though I'm not American, I always, uh, for some reason, like the salute service gear. 
Um, yeah, no, for sure. The one other thing I want to say quickly, too, and I've been saying this for a while with teams who win the Super Bowl, just because Buffalo, right there in that conversation now, they have me, as much as it pains me to say, they've got me <laughs> believing it. Like, look, look, it's like you and you guys, like when we were winning. Um, I remember people would, like, the same thing, two people know New England were going to win. I think that the Hale-Murray incident about a month ago in Arizona is more of a blessing in disguise now because I've said this. If you look, go back and look at all the winners in like the last few years, like how last year Kansas City, all besides the comebacks in the playoffs, you had Mahomes get hurt in uh, October and have to rebound right. from that. Two years ago, New England suffered the the miracle of Miami loss and then the loss against yep. Pittsburgh. Yep. Philadelphia underdog story. So something tells me that, look, if you get that tough loss in November or even December, like what the Saints are going through, uh, Steelers, I have a theory for that where I said this earlier, 2019 Patriots, handshake emoji, 2020 Steelers. Like it's the same thing where it's just they're finding the wrong chemistry at the wrong time. But losing games that are bad in like between the middle of February to like, not middle of February because you want to win the middle of February. Right. The middle of November, about the end of December, having a loss like that somewhere in there can only make your team stronger, no matter who it is. And I just wanted to bring that up with Buffalo, just something I, giving my two cents on it. Because I think that most teams who just steamroll through the regular season, kind of what Kansas City is doing now, could come back to bite them like it did two years ago when they lost the AFC Championship game. And right. if you look at like what Baltimore did last year, like everyone, oh, Buffalo's going to the Super Bowl, best team, and then they laid an egg against the Titans. So, oh, yeah, yeah. It's just something yeah. I wanted to bring up. I'm not ready. So the Bills are contenders. I mean, yeah. it's they're playing probably the best football in the NFL right now, maybe outside of the Packers. And then you have to look at the Packers schedule because the Packers have only beaten one team with a winning, with a winning record, I think is what I read today. Uh, the Chiefs are an interesting story because they have not exactly been playing well, specifically in first half of football games. And Pat Mahomes hasn't necessarily necessarily looked great. And in the first half of this past weekend's game, he was at 48% completions, which for Pat Mahomes is kind of it's a little bit scary. And I think he finished the game at 54%. Um, I'm not ready to necessarily declare them, you know, I'll let the outsiders like you guys talk um, and convince me that the Buffalo Bills are, you know, ready to take that next step. Clearly anything can happen. Uh, if you, if, if the road to the Super Bowl goes through Buffalo, you know, you're talking about a totally different situation in the scenario. And you know that being a Patriots fan, I mean, the weather up here in, in Northern cities, as much as Buffalo, as much as Buffalo takes the heat for being, "Quote unquote Siberia." The reality is, is you're farther. Boston's farther north than Buffalo, right? So yeah. you know, and there's other there's other cities that are like much farther. Green Bay is much farther north than Buffalo. Uh, you know, it's it's only six degrees on average colder in New York City and Philadelphia than Buffalo. Pittsburgh and Cleveland have very similar weather to Buffalo. So there's an aspect of like it's not like crazy cold here, but. Go in the, the road of the playoffs, the road of the Super Bowl going through Buffalo is important. So right now what we have is we've got we're guaranteed one home playoff game. Uh, we we currently hold the number two seed and we need some things that we need to win this weekend. And we need a couple things to happen to secure the number two seed. And then like all the playoffs go through Buffalo other than the AFC championship game. And to your point, if we get lucky and the Chiefs somehow lose a game round two round, I guess. Round two or round three, well, round two, right? So if they get if they get bounced, then the whole entire like all the playoffs go through Buffalo. But it'll be interesting to see. I'm not ready to I'm not ready to crown them. I think you have found me in our conversations to be a little more 
apprehensive, if you will, like show me if that makes any sense. Like I've got great things to talk about. I, you know, <laughs> I can talk all day about the good things, but I'm not exactly ready to like start, you know, telling everybody on Twitter that uh, the Buffalo Bills are going to be world champions in two months because there's a lot of work to be done between now and then. So, you know what? I love that. I love the fact that you guys are like, especially you yourself are, oh yeah, we're, we're going there. Like what you see with cowboy fans every year where it's like, we them boys, we're going back. We're you, right. you know, look. One step at a time, one game mm. at a time. That's the approach you got to take. And also, too, while yep. you were talking, if you notice me looking off this side, I was curious about the Green Bay thing. Their yep. only win that was against a 500-plus team is the Saints. Yep, there you go. Like, they're lost, they lost to the Bucs, and then they lost to the Colts, who some people say aren't exactly there yet, but they're a team where I'm like, they're not going to be an easy out no matter where they finish. So, right. um, I guess with that being said, let's just shift gears now, Wolves. Uh, not trying to fly through Week 16, but we'll go through Week 16 as much as we can. But we'll on, back, up, back up, back up, back up. So okay. the scariest thing about yeah. this football team, this Buffalo Bills football team, yeah. is who they've played this year. Mm-hmm. So last year, the Bills got ridiculed a lot for having an easy and very soft schedule, which very much the point of the, the Packers yeah. this year, and even the Steelers this year. The Bills this year, anybody who's ever, or everybody who's anybody, the Bills are pretty much beaten outside of the Chiefs and the Titans, and the Titans was a COVID game where they were preparing for two football teams at the very same time and then had to play on a Tuesday. And then the Chiefs game was also a rescheduled game. But by and large, the Bills, I think the Bills lead the league right now or have the best record against winning teams of any football team in the NFL. Like they've the, the majority of the teams that they've beaten are playoff teams, which is for anybody heading into the postseason, that's a scary position to be in if you have to play this football team. So, which is exciting for me. Exactly. It's one of those things too where you look at it like, oh yeah, like, like I said earlier, you're with Denver. That was a game you were supposed to win handedly. Right. You won handedly. Right. Pittsburgh too, same thing. Like not handedly, but you were you were expected to win, so you win. Right. It's right. The, it's when you win the games you're supposed to win. That's when people will start to believe in you. But that's if right. you have blunders like the Pittsburgh Steelers had last night, that's where people start <sighs> to not believe you. I was going to that game thinking like, hey, everything's gonna be fine. They're gonna be good. Muppets may be the best part about this game. Right. And then it's 17 nothing, and I'm like, what the hell's going on here? And now, like, if you were to ask me, hey, can the Pittsburgh Steelers win in July, uh, July uh, January, I'm going to say absolutely not. No, no way. No. No. There's, no. there's an aspect that I just got done doing the Pat Moran show, and uh, we talk, he asked me to power rank the playoff teams, and he asked me who I'd want to see in the playoffs uh, first round. And first round for me, I'd want to see the Dolphins. So bring me like bring me the Hawaiian kid that played college in Alabama and now plays football in Miami. So second week in January, bring me that guy, right? Like that's who I want to see in Orchard Park in January because he's going to not know what to do with himself. It's going to be so cold. Um, but, yeah, the Steelers would have to be a, a very close second because they are just – I don't know what's going on with that football team, but it ain't fun to watch. They're a, a shell of who they and, – and Ben Roethlisberger just does not look right. Like, it's very Cam-esque. Yeah. Uh, you know, for you as a, as, a, as, a, as a Patriots fan, Cam does not look like Cam from five years ago. He just doesn't – there's something about – like, Ben doesn't look right. Cam doesn't look right. Breeze doesn't look right. Like, some of these older guys just don't – I mean, age is catching up with him, right? I mean, yeah. the, the, the guard is about to change. So it's about to go from Brady, Breeze, Ben, Cam, and all these guys to, you know, 
you know, Allen and maybe Tua, I don't know, but you know, you know what I'm saying? Her, you know, Herbert and all these young guys, it's at Mahomes, it's about to change. So it's just, it's a crazy world we live in. But yeah, you, week 16, we can go to, we can jump to that. Um, the only other thing I want to say too quickly before it was San Francisco of how you guys put a dumbfounded look on Robert Sala's face. I'm like, <laughs> I think it's maybe, maybe besides the Chiefs game, that's the only time I've seen Robert Sala look dumbfounded on the sidelines of a football game, which for the Rocks little clone uh, is a little tough to do. But anyway, um, hang on, hang on, hang on. Yeah. I got to touch it. I got to yeah. touch on that yeah. because the, the two most mysterious things to me, because I live in a world where we face the Patriots twice a year, yeah. and Bill Belichick is arguably the best head coach that's ever coached football, and Bill Belichick is always prepared. Like, like, so that's like who I'm. I like. I know that I'm going to get the best of whatever team he's coaching. The two biggest mysteries to me ever is Pete Carroll. The Seahawks come to Buffalo, and Pete Carroll, at the end of the game after the Bills throttle him, and Josh Allen owns him, is we had a really good game plan if they had run the ball. We expected them to run the ball. And it's like, what football team were you watching? Because the Bills haven't run the the, the ball all season long. And then Robert Sala, if you Google right now, Google Robert, Robert Sala's comments on Josh Allen, he literally says, and I quote, Josh Allen reminds me a lot of Cam Al- uh, Cam Newton. They run a lot of wildcat there. And yes, he can get out and squeak out and make things happen, but he's a running quarterback. And it's like, uh-oh. And literally, that's what happened. There was th- two or three shots of Robert Sala on the sideline, and he was just like, yeah, I don't, know, I don't know what's going on in this football game, but this kid is kicking my ass. Like, and he did. Like Josh Allen just kicked his ass the whole football game. Those are the two biggest mysteries I've ever, I've ever seen. Like, how do you not go back? How do your, how are your coaches not going back farther than the? I don't, I don't know, man. Like, that's just messed up. I, 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 like, I know Josh Allen's a mobile quarterback, but like I said this year, in those moments from before where he would usually, you know what, scramble out of the pocket to try to get a first down. Now he's staying in the pocket and collecting himself. And chucking it downfield to dig. So, right. <laughs> and also, too, one other unsung hero I have to say is Isaiah McKenzie because he's the guy. Oh, that's, for sure. He's he's like your Mister Reliable. He's your wide receiver three that you know that he'll be open when uh, Diggs or um, Davis Gabriel recovers. Davis. Gabriel yep. Davis. And covers. we're and we're getting John Brown back this week. So, <sighs> fun Monday ahead. <laughs> and you have no Stephon Gilmore. <laughs> no, no, he's done for the season. A minor quad tear, and he that may have been his last play as a Patriot, unfortunately. So we'll see. I'm, I'm really excited to see what Belichick does against Josh Allen this week, um, just because last time we played, he trotted out six defensive backs the whole game against Josh Allen, one of them being Stephon Gilmore. I think Stephon played the last game, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Actually, I don't think so. That's because he was hurt because he missed. There was he a big stretch. Yeah, yep, he may yep, have been he hurt originally. But he trotted out six defensive backs. Um, and Josh Allen, inside of those conversations we, that you and I have even been having in this show, in this episode, has – so he started the season destroying man coverage, destroying it first game, first four games of the season. And then all of a sudden they started playing zone against him and it kind of befuddled him a little bit. And then all of a sudden he started destroying zone coverage and then teams and the 49ers game is a perfect example. They, they, they started out in man and he killed him and then he switched to zone and he killed him. So it'll be interesting for me to see with John Brown coming back and having his full complement of receivers back, how the Patriots, because Belichick is a genius, and he is the 
best by far, hands down. I'm super excited to just kind of see what Belichick gives Josh Allen this weekend and to see how Josh responds. I think it's going to be great. I think he's going to have all the similar troubles that everybody else has had recently with this kid. Um, But yeah, I'm super, super, super excited to see what Belichick rolls out. And for me, it's just to see if the potential for Jared Stidham, if he gets in at some point, like if the game's over, because... Is he playing? Nothing confirmed yet. Bill is very nonchalantly silent. I still think Cam will start this game, but I think if you guys end up winning Monday night, which I think more than likely will happen, he plays Week 17 against the Jets because that's the ultimate game of meaningless, which in the worst way possible it's meaningless because usually by then it's like, hey, buys clinched and just... I have questions for you because for me, I don't see a world where Cam comes back to this football team. Um it seems like I was having a conversation with Jay Spence, uh, who yeah. does a show on Buffalo Rumblings called uh, The Code of Conduct. And uh, we were just talking, just chatting on the side. And I was like, and he's a big Cam fan. And I was like, I feel like Cam's just zeal for the game and excitement for the game has been stripped from him. Like he's just not who he used to be. Um, more so than that. So, f- part one, I don't see Cam back next year at all as a Patriot. Part two, uh, of that, what are your thoughts on him calling out people like because that is that was that to me was not the Patriot way, which we make fun of all the time, the Patriot way, right? Just do your job and everybody's in line. You know, no matter what is what questions are asked, we say the right things. He literally said in his in his post game press conference, "There's just some guys that don't get it," and I was like, "Wow, like that does not happen in a Bill Belichick coach football team." <laughs> like for us this year with that is. It like with twenty twenty has been a really messed up year for us, just in the sense that like, it started with Tom leaving on like right at the height of the pandemic, and then Cam not signing until the end of June, which now we realize, hey, why he was still available all that way through. Usually, it's like, hey, oh, it's a blessing in disguise, but in reality, yeah. for the first two games, it was okay, good. Even though we had the close one with Seattle, and then COVID mm-hmm. hit, and then once COVID hit, and he came back, it's kind of went all went all downhill. There was comments earlier from last week of Nikhil Harry's uh, trainer saying. Oh yeah, like it's Cam's fault that Nikhil's not playing well. And there's just there. I think there's just so much behind the scenes drama that doesn't get out. Like that's why this year everyone thinks with Brady and Arians just rooting back to that. Why? Oh no, they they don't they hate each other. Arians is calling him out. I'm like, no, Tom doesn't mind that. It's just in New yeah. England, Belichick will call it up, call you out to your face. So part of me thinks that Cam is just not receptive receiving the Patriot way that well when he makes dumb little comments like that, like he's trying to be himself, but at the same time, too, it's kind of like the, you know how you say the Patriot way, I know you do the air quotes, but I think he's just trying to put like that, like that shield on, like, you know, where it's like customer service, some lady, let's just say, you work at a grocery store, like I saw your tweet about uh, Wegmans in West Seneca, New York, Um, you could have a lady, let's say Karen, yelling at you, screaming at you, and you have to stand there and be like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yes, but in your mind, you're like, the devils are just coming out, and you want to just raise hell. I think that's what kind of has maybe happening with Cam, is where he wants to be his egotistical self, but at the same time, too, he's got to be kind of like tiptoeing around the sergeant that is Bill Belichick. And I, I right. say that in the nicest way, because Bill's my, obviously, best coach in NFL history, my favorite coach. Mm-hmm. But with him coming back, part of me thinks that they may do it, but then part of me thinks, too, I don't know if they're going to go draft or free agency because I think there's a chance that Jimmy Jimmy ends up in New England somehow because San Francisco can get out of the deal no problem. I I was hearing rumors that John Lynch is actually interested in the BYU kid, Zach Wilson, who's balling out right now in the Boca Raton Bowl. Uh, random. It, that, that's also, too, the r- random time of year, random bowl games. 
But with the whole thing with Cam coming back, part of me at first was like, yeah, you know what? Like, it may not be the worst thing. Gets a proper offseason in. Hopefully this year, like, like for this proper OTAs, mini camps, training camp can be a little more open and preseason games too. But then there's part of me, like, after Sunday's game where I just see him in the pocket, just stand there and turn into a statue and take a sack. It ha- it's happened in numerous games this year, most notably Miami, Rams, San Francisco, um, where he just stands there, and then his ball security too is just another question. So I'm just like, after Sunday, I'm just like, I'm, I'm, I'm done with him. I don't, I don't think he comes back. A lot of people are saying that, but going into next year, I we're entering that weird purgatory where we don't know where we're gonna be. But all I can ask for is parity in the AFC East. And someone, someone called me out for disrespect because I said between three teams. But one of those four teams managed to screw themselves up with potentially getting in the conversation. We don't know what they're going to do now. We'll just leave them as uh, Team Green. Uh, managed to screw up your own tank and get a generational talent. Um, but, but that next, might screw the Patriots because, yeah. to me, they're, they're, like there's the thing that concerns me, there is nothing that I want more. And I'm just being honest. And Griff, bro, I, I, I enjoy our conversations and I, and I enjoy that you follow me close enough that you, you see my tweets, you understand my tweets and you read my tweets and you remember my tweets. There's nothing more that I want to see than the Patriots end up in 20 years of quarterback purgatory, like us. Right. And the dolphins have, because the Patriot nation that didn't exist 20 years ago, doesn't know what it's like to have like one of the greatest quarterbacks in the NFL, and then all of a sudden, shit, for the next 10, 15 years. Um, so, however, my biggest concern is this. Carson Wentz is available is going to be available. Sam Darnold, I think, is going to be available. And like you said, Jimmy G is going to be available. Now, if I'm going to rank those guys, I'm going Carson, Darnold, Jimmy G. I'm not afraid of Jimmy G as much as I'm afraid of Carson. And Darnold, as much as I was going back and forth with a Jets fan, uh it was about two days ago. You know, there's no way that, that, that the Jets are going to, like, trade Darnold to the Patriots. I was like, uh, the Jets have a, a history of just, like, releasing people. Like, who's to say they're going to have to trade anybody? Like, more than likely, we're talking about the Jets. They don't do anything right. Yeah. I mean, the Jets could literally just be like, yeah, we've cut. We released Sam Darnold. And what do you think Bill Belichick's going to do? Come, come to daddy, right? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> so that's my biggest concern um, over the whole entire thing. But, yeah, it's it'll, it'll be interesting to see the Jets are such a dumpster fire. Like, I was talking with Pat Moran today, like I said, in, in another show, and we were talking about, like, the, the our history being older Bills fans and being excited about the AFC East returning to Buffalo and Miami and just that rivalry, like the Kelly Marino days and going back and forth. And it was funny because like the only constant thing between the old Bills fans and the new Bills fans and everybody else in the AFC East is the Jets sucking. The Jets have sucked the whole entire time. They're just a garbage franchise and I love it. Like it's just an amazing piece of history, but sorry, I digress. I apologize. No, it's all, it's, it's all good. I get where you're coming from. It's like you guys, you're like, we suffered, now we're great, and then you're like, now you must suffer. Like, that's where you are. I'm just saying for me, not as just a Pats fan, but as a football fan, a little bit of Patriot fan sprinkled in there, though, where when I said the parody comments, because where, I, I'm just saying, like, we're kind of like what the AFC uh, AFC North has, where you have these four te- the, the four teams, Cincinnati eventually will be in that mix. Yeah, Burrow's good. Burrow's real. Burrow is real. It's just un- his unfortunate injury. 
Oh but, my God! It was his leg yeah. getting folded back. Was I was almost I was I literally for a minute was concerned his career was over. Like that that injury was horrific. Sorry, go ahead. Go That's ahead. all good. But no, I'm just saying like how you see right now with ben, obviously Ben, even though he's on the tail end of his career. Uh, but Lamar and Baker, you have that kind of with like uh, Allen and Tua. I'm just saying eventually maybe if the Patriots can kind of like I think maybe it may take him like a year or two. You know what? Fix it up. And then get back in that mix. I'm not saying, hey, we'll be Super Bowl again, but I would just like to see, like week 16, week 17, be like those. Oh, um, the vision is like still up for grabs. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying like, oh yeah, pay, I want the Patriots back to this dynasty. Um, the only one other comment I gotta make is, and I see a lot of this on Patriots Twitter, and I saw it on Sunday. There's obviously the Bills fans who are just rubbing it in our faces right now, saying, eat shit. And then there's the Patriot fans going that, I'm sick and tired of this franchise. And I'm just like, that's how I know the new school fans are. Because I know some old school fans now. I've gotten to know people, mass, everything. I know right now, because I've been asked this my whole life, are you going to be a fan once Brady leaves? And I have said yes, and now I'm going to stick to it. Because I know when you're a fan of a bad team is when you earn your stripes. Because... When you're bad, you're bad, but when you're good, oh, it just, I know for you right now. Because you've seen the worst, but now you're seeing the best, and you know how good that feels. Yeah, and that's the biggest difference. So, I mean, the the Patriots, so there was a purgatory before Brady for the Patriots for a long time. I mean, as much as Tony Easton took him to the Super Bowl in 1985 against the Bears and he got destroyed, there wasn't a great history of, like, winning football in New England. Nope. You know, obviously, you know, the Bills before the NFL and the AFL and the NFL merger happened, the Bills were the, the AFL champions two years in a row. Um, and, then, and then obviously the Bills of the 90s, the Dolphins are the Dolphins. You know, neither what, I guess where I'm going with this is we're not talking about teams that are the Browns and the Lions that have never won and have never had a history or even the Cardinals that have just never. Yeah, Kurt Warner took the Cardinals to a Super Bowl once. But I wouldn't exactly call the Cardinals a winning franchise or a winning organization. So I have a lot of respect for Patriot fans who remember Steve Grogan. And I'm older. And like and some of these guys like Tony Eason and like a lot of those players. It's the it's the newer fans that like, you know, Tom Brady is the only player that they know, like on their entire football team, and you know, and and trash that organization because Robert Kraft has done amazing things for for your guys' franchise. But buckle up. It's about to get – I mean, it potentially – it could potentially be bad for a really, really long time. I mean, 17 years is a long time to go for the Buffalo Bills. And even now the Browns, you know, who, you know, have a great – the Bills had a great history and a great tradition. No, we never won the Super Bowl. But, man, you can Google it. No team won more football games in the 90s than the Buffalo Bills. And then to go through the, the 2000s and the 2010s and basically be in the – if I can swear, the bitches of the New England Patriots. It's been a hard road, bro. Like it's been a hard, hard row, like road to just to drive down. It's been tough. So I'm excited for this weekend. I'm excited. Sweeping the Patriots to me is just another step in this process that, that Sean McDermott talks about. Like to me, that's a big step. So we'll see. And the fact that you guys have looked so good on primetime and guess what? Another primetime game right around the corner. So um, we'll we'll get into it right now. Obviously, we're gonna save the best for last, like the little dessert. And just for the record, you can swear, uh, <laughs> just not all the time. Don't be like, don't curse like a sailor. That's all I just ask for. I, I don't I don't curse like a sailor, so we're good. All good. Okay, so uh, we actually get football on Christmas, which I think is the NFL's way of saying like, hey NBA, we don't care about you. We're still gonna throw something out. We've got uh, Vikings. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Yeah. Do you need football on Christmas Day on a Friday? 
You know what? Not necessarily, but I'm not going to be opposed. I don't. I, right. It's like so when my wife when my wife found out there, there was football on Christmas, she's like football on Christmas, and I was like, well, I'm gonna watch it. Yeah. But I don't need it. Right. It's like I don't need it, but I don't know why they did it. I don't know why they put one game on Christmas. But anyways, go ahead. I, um, I, I digress. I'll say it too. It's like me where it's like, oh, Jets and Broncos play tonight, and then there's me at eight o'clock. Yeah, I'm watch this game. Like it turned out to be a great game, but I'm just saying that's the football fan of me saying like, hey. Yep. You give me football, I will watch it. Like, the Saturday slate, too, even the games are there. But even we're going back on, like, a lockdown again up here. So, it's kind of... Uh, so are we, as soon as, Christmas, as soon as Christmas is over. Don't get me on that, so... Okay, yeah, I know, I'm just adding to the whole part of that. <laughs> um, but, no, that's all I have to say about this game. It's just that, yeah, it's football, I'll watch it. I live in a house with two Saints fans, actually, my dad and my sister. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, my dad and How my sister. How do they become Saint fans? Because you're, where are you at currently? Uh, Toronto. Toronto, how are you? How are they Saints fans? My dad kind of rallied around them oh, when he kind of started coming on to them when Breeze went there and everything. And after okay. Katrina, he okay. kind of felt bad. Not bad, but he kind of like hooked onto the story of this like team Katrina. where that, the Katrina story and all that stuff. And then ever since he fell in love, and then we actually all went down to a game last year and. At is one hell of a building to see a football game in. Yeah, dude, for yeah. real. I have not been there. That's one of the one of the. Uh, there's. I've been to a bunch. I think I've been to fourteen stadiums. That is one that I've not been to, and I'd love to go down there. That's amazing. Yeah. I think the Bills play there next year, actually. So just something to keep in mind. If, as long as yeah, as long as COVID's finally gone. Yep. Yeah, well, so we'll, that's something we don't. We, I like to be a COVID. I like to acknowledge it, but I don't want to talk about it because we could talk about it for days. <laughs> but with this game okay. right here, I expect the Saints to have a get-right game. I'm not saying they're going to go out there and play great, but this is the kind of game for the playoffs where you can kind of put your foot on the map and kind of reestablish yourself as, hey, we're the Saints. We had those unfortunate losses with the Eagles and the Chiefs, but the big question for me is is really is how Breeze is going to look because if he does look the same as Sunday, it may be one of those longer days for the Saints where the game's a little close. The question is, is do you believe... I mean, is is Breeze regressing? You know, is is he finally succumbing to age, which Brady has shown signs of it last year, signs of it this year. Uh, ben clearly shows signs of it, but Ben's got other issues. You know, Big Ben's got shoulder issues and stuff like that that he had to rehab through last year. I don't believe in the Vikings. For me, that's what it comes down to. Like, I don't know who this Vikings team is. It's amazing to me uh, when I look at it, the talent that's on that roster between Dalvin Cook and obviously Justin Jefferson, uh, or Justin Jefferson, right? And yeah. then uh, uh, Adam Thielen, like the defense is good. It's it's hard for me to believe that that – it's hard for me to believe that Mike Zimmer can't make that football team win 12 games every single season. I'm taking the Saints in that football game. I mean, I, I got to think you are too, right? You just said a bounce back game. I don't even I don't even know that it needs to be a bounce back game. Like for me, I just don't know who the – I don't know who the Vikings are. Like – the Vikings, honestly, I think are on a red shirt year because Rick Spielman, Mike Zimmer, and Kirk Cousins all got locked up in March. So I kind of mm. think they're all taking it as, oh, yeah, the Wolves aren't going to fire us. And also, the Vikings right. have this really weird habit of having a bad year, a good year, a bad year, right. a good year. And right. this is their bad year. And I also said, too, that, hey, with the Bears Vikings game uh, this past Sunday, that was a loser leaves town game. That's a game where whoever loses that game, their season's over effectively. Right. And right. that's so like 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 I said, that's a game where look, like the Vikings obviously lost to the Bears. Now this is a game where hey, the Vikings 
maybe could wreak some havoc. I'm not saying they're going to. I'm just saying, like, hey, they may get a few explosive plays here and there. But right. this is a game where, look, if the Saints front seven shows up and gets to Cousins, it's going to be a long day for the purple and yellow. It's going to be a long day. Yeah. I, I would just chalk it up as a long day right now. Yeah. It's going to be coal in the stocking for fans in the Twin Cities. Um, and then Saturday, and then now we have Boxing, well, Boxing Day for me, which is kind of like our Black Friday. Um, we have three games, which the first one is like the same thing, too. It is ugly. But Buccaneers visiting the Lions, I just look at this right away and say, is, I'm like, good Lord. Because if Tom looks like Tom of old, this could be a long day. But also, too, I love how everyone was laughing about the game Sunday. And I was like, when it was 24-7, I was just like, it, it'll happen. It's going to happen. It was a joke. And then it happened. And I'm <laughs> like, happened. good Lord, Atlanta. But, no, this is a game, like, it's the same thing. I do not expect the Lions to win this game. Yeah, that's a tough one. And and, and Stafford clearly is, you know, still injured. I mean, there's... Sorry about that, guys. Just some uh, issues with the recording, so we're back. But, uh, no, like we were saying earlier, Bucks lions this game 1 o'clock Saturday... Maybe a long day for Detroit. Yeah, I, I just, for me, I don't know. I'm not, I clearly, there's nothing I like better than Tom Brady being out of the, out, out of the, out of the division. However, yeah. Tom Brady, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, obviously Antonio Brown now. I mean, Bruce Arians. I, I don't see a world where the Lions beat that football team. I could be wrong. I've, I've had some horrible picks this year. It seems like there's several teams that just have my number. When I pick against them, they beat me. I just don't see a world where the Lions beat the Buccaneers. That's just me. And, and not to mention, like I said, Stafford's still you know struggling from injury a little bit. But I'm taking the Buccaneers in that football game. Same. And um, we have the two other ones aren't so bad. Um, this one, though, 430, San Francisco, Arizona. In Arizona, even though because San Francisco has been calling State Farm Stadium home for about the last month, almost month now. Right. It's a home game. It's, a home, <laughs> it's technically a neutral site game. Um, but this game, only available on Amazon Prime Video, which I find very interesting. Yeah. Nowhere? Nowhere. It's on Prime Video. That is weird. Yeah, because apparently the one thing, too, is apparently Prime is really trying to get in on the next uh, TV deal with the NFL. Luckily, I have Amazon Prime, but that's so strange to me that it's not. So it won't be available, like, on the NFL app or anywhere? I don't know about the NFL app, but I know that it'll be available on Prime. And I think Twitch, too, apparently. And they have, okay. yeah, so that's just one thing I want to point out. So I guess, like I say, um, like Prime's really trying to get in on this next TV deal. I think also, too, with the uh, Thursday night contracts being in doubt. And also, right. like the TV deals are just another topic for another day. But that's just something I wanted to throw out there that, hey, this game is available on Prime Video as the main streaming service. So, But it's oh. weird, too. We have a CBS team calling the game. Uh, I saw it earlier today. Uh, Catalan and Lofton will be calling this game. So... Uh, Buffalo Bills Hall of Famer John James Lofton. Buffalo Bills, uh, Raiders, and Packers, I believe, too. Green Bay Packers, yeah, but he went in as a Buffalo Bill, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, Did not know that. I only know that when they say on CBS, we reach out to our Hall of Fame expert, James Lofton. Um, even though San Francisco's depleted, I could still see them playing kind of surprised because we also with Arizona, too, they're that team that are kind of like, they kind of have their moments, especially, too, you know, I said to you earlier, Losing the fa- uh, the, all the whole Hale Murray game was a blessing in disguise. Yeah. It's kind of been the opposite for the Cardinals because they've had a couple of games where they just have not looked good since. And But they're, they're kind of been picking it up the last few weeks how they had the dominant victory against the Giants and then the Eagles. Or not Eagles, but they still won against the Eagles. Right. But this game right here would not shock me if it's close and San Francisco could potentially play spoiler. 
I would be surprised if it's close. I'm not a believer in Kyler Murray. I think uh, I think he carries the ball. Like, when he runs with the football, he holds it out there. Like, he holds the ball down around his belt loop. Uh, and it's very, very kind of uh, – it's just out there. At some point in time, a defensive player is going to get it, and then it's going to open the floodgates, and all defensive players are going to go after it. Watch it. Watch him run with the football sometime if you get a chance. But also his windup is super long. Like, he drops the ball again down to his, boot, his belt loops. Even with that, I don't – I don't see the I don't see the Ford energy even having a chance in that football game. To me, there was a look on Nick Mullins' face this past weekend in the game that they played where he was just like befuddled. And to me, that just answered the questions that I had. Any questions I had about the 49ers for this season, the answers were given in Nick Mullins' face. To me, their season's over. So I can't see them winning this week or next week. They're officially eliminated from the playoffs. I'm like I'm still picking Arizona to win this game. I'm just saying that right, right. It, it wouldn't shock close. me if it's a blowout, but it wouldn't shock me too if because of because of divisional football, like we saw last right, night. Right. Yeah. That's yeah, where no, that's, that's where true. I'm getting at. But also yeah, no, too, I, I hear that. Nick Mullins is not a starter in this league, straight up. No, he is not. And the last game of the night, which actually has implications for you, but which for Raiders. me in the path. <laughs> Dolphins Raiders. But I want to say this about the Raiders right now. I feel like the relationship with John Gruden and Mark Davis is that of, you know, like the two dumb kids who always like partner up, they'll get a C on a project and they'll be like, oh, it's fine. I feel like that's been the Raiders ever since Gruden's come back where it's like, oh, yeah, four and 12, whatever. But then this year there's serious expectations and you should have lost the Raiders. You got blown up by the Colts recently. And then Thursday night football where Marcus Mariota did not look all that bad. Um, But that's just a thing I like to think about the Raiders where it's like the kids who oh, hey, uh, you think you did so well and everything, but you know there may be better options out there. And I feel right. like if Davis were to ever have to fire Gruden, it would be as sad, Davis would be as sad as if he was putting his dog down. I know that's a very <laughs> morbid, morbid thing to say, but right. I heard Mike Florio say the exact same thing last Friday. Gruden's been there, what, two years? Is this is this his second year? Second year, third season. Second year, third season. I don't know that he can afford to fire Gruden. Nope. Davis doesn't have that much money. So as far as as an owner goes, so he's not the Pagulas or Robert Kraft where, you know, they've got billions on top of billions of dollars at 10, 10 million dollars per year for whatever, I guess, is seven more years. I mean, you're talking about him owing him 70 million dollars, right, is what we're talking about. Yeah. This was right. Ten for ten. Or yeah. Ten, yeah. Ten for ten. Uh, ten million per ten. Whatever. You know what I'm saying? A lot of tens. Yes. A lot of tens. The interesting storyline in this football game is literally what you talked about between Mariota and Carr. I've always been kind of a closet Derek Carr fan. I don't know why. I just always have. He just hasn't been able to seem to put it together. He's finally starting to get it with Gruden, in my opinion. And then Mariota comes out and plays lights out. So I don't know what to make. it For me, the watch in this football game literally is how Mariota plays. Because I'm not necessarily sure that this is the Raiders' year at all as much as they beat the Chiefs once. The problem that I have is implications for our team is I want to see the Dolphins for our first first football game in the playoffs. Like I don't want to see the Ravens. Keep the Ravens as far away from the playoffs as possible. Give me the Dolphins all day. I don't I don't want to see Lamar Jackson in Buffalo second week of January like running the football like all over our field. Like I want to see Tua. That's who I want to see. So for me, I guess I'm taking the Dolphins, which is kind of cringeworthy, but it is what it is. No, I blame you for that. I don't blame you for that because I know for this game, officially for the Raiders, they lose. That's it. They're done. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm going to go Dolphins too just based off of like – also, one thing I want to point out too. So if Mariota does start, it, they they both went to the same high school. So this may be the most viewed game in the state of Hawaiian 
NFL history. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. They're both Hawaiians. That's right. I forgot about that. Both Hawaiians from Honolulu. So that's one thing I want to point out that Mina Kim's pointed out on Twitter last week that if it's Mariota starting next week, it's going to be like the most watched game in Hawaii ever. It, it also helps that it's a 2.15 start versus being a 6 o'clock in the morning start yeah. or 7 o'clock in the morning start. So. Exactly. So like 2 o'clock in the afternoon, you're there watching the game. That's eh, all good. But no, I think, the, I think at the end of the day, Dolphins will win this just because the Raiders' defense is just that bad. Yeah, I would agree. But Josh Jacobs could provide some nightmares for the Dolphins. But we'll see. And Darren Waller. I love Darren Waller. That kid is so good. He's just Mr. Inconsistent, in my opinion, where, like, one week he'll have monster numbers. This is coming from a fantasy football player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know how much you play. You play I'm assuming you play fantasy? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right, cool, cool. But, yeah, that's the one thing I noticed with fantasy with him is just one week, like, the Jets game lights it up, 28 points, and then, like, the next week he's at 11, which I know, but it's just there's so much things. Like, even earlier sure. in the year, he had the game against the Saints where he was electric, and then Belichick took him away. Right. So that's yeah. the one thing I wanted to say. But that's what but that's what Belichick does. Yeah. Takes away your best player. Um yeah. Browns and Jets. Um I'd like to say the Browns will win this, but after next week we'll see if <laughs> can the Jets screw the pooch on their tank even more. My question is, is do you believe in the Browns? You know what? If the Browns go out there, like you know how I said to you earlier, the Bills Broncos, I was game the Bills were supposed to win. The fact that they took care of business and won by 30-plus, and also to their defenses cost me a right. chance for a championship because the guy I was playing had Allen, <laughs> Diggs, and the defense, and I was like, after the fumble recovery by Hughes, I was just like, yeah, that might, I'm done. I'm not winning a championship. <laughs> um, I believe in them. I right. don't believe in them to go to the Super Bowl yet. I think they still need to add a few pieces of their defense, but I think that Baker will do enough in this game, and also too with Nick Chubb running. Landry playing well. I think the the Browns are going to do enough to where they win this game. Uh, same thing too. The Jets may make it competitive for a little bit, but I can see this being like a twenty seven to fourteen kind of score. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I, to me, the Jets are. I said dumpster fire early. If that's the if that's the word we're going with, yeah. the Jets are a joke. I don't believe in the Browns either, though. I mean, the Browns have the same exact schedule for the most part that the Steelers had. Uh, you know, they're playing the NFC East, uh, which is a joke of a of a division. Um, Baker, as much as he's finding his groove, I'm not a believer. Clearly, Chubb, you know, and obviously uh, uh, Landry. It's escaped. Yeah, no, the uh, the other running back, uh, Hunt, Cream yeah. Hunt. I mean, they're 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 a force to be reckoned with, and then Miles Garrett is a machine. But I don't know, dude. I'm just I'm just I have a hard time believing in that Browns team. But the Browns are going to win this football this football game because the Jets are just that. But Adam Gase, please extend Adam Gase, New York. Please extend Adam Gase or sign Bill O'Brien. Ten for ten, right? Is yeah. that what we're talking about? Like ten for ten for Adam Gase? Yeah. <laughs> ten per ten. <laughs> or or um or Bill O'Brien, either or. Or or both. <laughs> Both. We'll take both. <laughs> <laughs> and then we got the Giants and the Ravens, which I think this is the same thing as earlier. Like I said, I'll say it again. If you're, I, I love how Ravens fans were like, yeah, we got this dominant victory against the Jags, but then they made fun of Steelers fans beating the Jags. Like, right. this Ravens team, like, they have an easy schedule to finish the year. Like, Jacksonville, Giants now, because the Giants clearly now are showing that they're not that good of a football team anymore. Right. They have right. a moment in the sun, but then it's fading. But with well, Baltimore, too, like you have the Giants, and then you have the Bengals. So it's like you're just getting an easy just shooting. Doc, it's like shooting fish in a barrel. Sure. It's where if they do make the playoffs, I said this back in August, 
I want to see what Baltimore does in January. Do whatever you want from September to December. It's what you do in January. If you win, then you'll impress me. But for now, like, on that note, it's this should be a Ravens win. This should be a Ravens win. Yeah, this win. is a Ravens Clearly, I'm still on the bandwagon that Lamar Jackson has been figured out. The defenses have a book on him. Uh, so until he overcomes that, learns how to throw outside the numbers, you know, that'll change then. But, yes, for this game, the Ravens should win this football game, which is probably going to put them, you know, they're probably going to end up, they're probably going to end up in the playoffs, so which sucks for the Bills, in my opinion, because they're, they're the one team that I don't want to see. Uh, but, yeah, I'm taking the Ravens, too. No, I don't blame you for that. I don't blame you for saying that at all, because, like, Lamar can be unpredictable. But, look, if the 2020 New England Patriots can beat him, I think any team above them can Agreed. beat them. Yeah? Agreed. I, I had a Ravens, just on that note, I had a Ravens fan bitching at me after that game, and I was just like, mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. I don't care. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We won. Uh, <laughs> That's right, you did win. Yes, and a very rainy Foxborough night. Um, Bengals and Texans, which, oh, good lord, I, this is the game that Red Zone will forget about completely. Like You, may you call it tie? Uh, <laughs> Zero-zero tie? <laughs> I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go Texans win, just because when it comes down to quarterback play, obviously Deshaun Watson. Like, Are you in the Deshaun Watson camp? Deshaun Watson is show, like I. I thought last yeah. year and the years prior he was great. This year I don't think he's been that good. Um, over Ryan but, Finley, yes. Over Ryan Finley, I'm talking about just overall oh. overarching. Like they're tra- they're trying to talk about you know when I hear quarterback comparisons and who do you want to take AFC blah 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 blah. You know Deshaun is still picked a lot of times over Allen, and for me Deshaun hasn't shown like he doesn't. He's not devoid of weapons on that football team. Like, he's got decent players. And it's yeah. just like, I'm just not seeing it from him this year. But that's a sidebar question. Um, I still think that next year they're going to be going into, like, a little rebuild that they're going to surround him and it'll take a few years. But, I'm like, he's good. Like, he's good. He's not great. Like, if I had to give a grade, I would say, like, a B, like a B plus kind of. Right, right. But one take I do have about this team for next year, and I started saying this, I think they trade J.J. Watt this offseason. And now for everyone going to get on me saying, like, oh, like they traded Hawkins, how can they do that? It's to level off the contract, get him to a contender, because he's one of the guys I would like to see win a Lombardi somewhere. Sure. And also, too, they need to build draft stock. They need to build draft picks. Well, they, they gave up they gave up a first-round pick for Larry Tunsil, right? Yeah, which Dolphin fans are smiling about right now, because they're going to have a top-ten pick. <laughs> I don't know who you're trading J.J. Watt for. He's often injured and 31 years old. Next year will be 32. But if you say so, I'll you know I'll believe you. But, yes, I'm taking the Texans in that football game. I am, too. I just think the Watt take just because it's more to do with the cap and a rebuilding team more than anything. I feel like right. he'll – in the NFL, look, if they can trade Hopkins for not even a first, right? I think you can, you'll find someone who will take him. Well, that was a salary dump, was it not? Uh, that was just Bill O'Brien not wanting to pay him. Salary dump. Salary, right? yeah, my bad. I mean, the bills, the bills, the bills paid a first and a fifth for Stephon Diggs. Yeah, Sean Deshaun Hopkins or uh, Deshaun Hopkins. So DeAndre Hopkins is worth two firsts. Yeah. Period. Right. I mean, I love Stephon Diggs. I'm a Bills fan. Yeah. However, Hopkins nuke is. I mean, he went an entire season and didn't drop a football. Yeah. Like that doesn't happen. No, it does not. <laughs> it, um. Next up to Bears Jags. Same thing. Kind of. Like there's Jags. Is there a football game on, on this list that I don't want to watch? It's that one. Yeah. Like, is there anything more boring than the bears and who in the world? Why are the Jaguars even still in the NFL? Why have they not moved that football team? Yeah, just, uh, it, it's going to be the bears, right? The bears are kind of on an uptick and you know, I'm so sick and tired of, I'm glad it's over the Minchumania crap 
Uh, I'm taking the Bears in that football game. That's just me. Yeah, same, right? Same. Like Jacksonville's just a bad team. They had their one little blip week one where I was like, oh, look, they're 1-0. And then it's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, and, and nothing will make Bill's Mafia more happy than seeing Doug Marone get fired at the end of the season. So uh, I don't blame you for that. <laughs> yeah. Where did Nathaniel Hackett end up? Is he in Chicago? I don't – I can't tell you. I'm going to the... Google it right now. Cool. Then... Oh. Have you on that? We don't have a stats person here, so we have to do it all ourselves live, folks. Just bear with us. No big deal, though. Green, my show. He's in, he's in Green Bay. So oh, okay. I was wondering. I was wondering if he was in uh, if he was in Chicago, but no, Green Bay. All good. Next one, because there's a lot of duds this weekend. Falcons, yep. Chiefs. Uh, this should be a Chiefs victory, but look at the last time they. they I'm just thinking about that Panthers game potentially, where it's like, hey, the Panthers came to play. So I still think Chiefs will win, but. More than likely, I would have to think that Mahomes has a good game here. The problem is the Falcons. The, the Falcons are going to be up by four touchdowns, and, and they're going to let the Chiefs back into it. So, yeah, take the Chiefs. Whatever you got to do, take the Chiefs. Yeah, it's going to be like 35 to nothing at the half, and then somehow they win like <laughs> they win like 63 to 35. Um, <laughs> last game of the 1 o'clock window, maybe the most interesting game of the weekend, one of the most interesting games this weekend, and that's the Colts and the Steelers. Nice. We uh, also have not talked about the Panthers and the, and the Redskins, or the Washington football team. That game got flexed to 405. Did it really? I did not know that. Yes, Interesting. it did. Colts and the Steelers. Uh, I don't know who the Steelers are. I don't think the Steelers know who the Steelers are. Then the Colts actually are pr- playing good football with that running back they have and Phillip Rivers. Like, I'm taking the Colts in that football game all day long. I, I am too. And I remember I had a buddy on here about a month ago say, I want to see Michael Pittman start to come into his own, and ever since then, Michael. So I kind of credit that, but my the YouTube star Michael Pittman because we have he does his YouTube vlogs with his wife and everything. Well, he just got married, and but he's still managing to a popular. And then on the other side, we have Mister Corvette Corvette. Which if I'm if I'm Steelers management, and I say that because Juju Smith Schuster is a player I'm not a big fan of from a fantasy perspective, and for what he does because he tries to build his brand. On off field, but you're a part of one of the biggest NFL brands on field. So sometimes right. you got to take it down a bit. Um, I, I'm going Colts too. Um, I have another take for you. I think this is a potential landing spot for Carson Wentz. Pittsburgh? No, uh, Indy. Indy. Well, Philip isn't going to play forever. Um, yeah. So the problem with what I said about quarterbacks that are available and the teams that potentially could take them. Are salary cap issues, which I yeah. think the Patriots have salary cap issues, right? This year, uh, not Col- next. This year, right. But I think the Colts, you're right, have a window of opportunity there. I would prefer to see Carson Wentz in Indy over New England all day long um, for obvious reasons. So, Yeah. No, 100%. Yeah. I'm, ju- I'm just saying that just more of the Frank Wright connection and the fact that Chris Ballard yeah. has like oh, that. That's right. Yeah. That's right. I forgot about that. That's right. Yeah, the Frank Wright thing, and also because the fact that Chris Ballard's not afraid to make those bold moves, like what yeah. we saw Brandon Bean, Big Baller Bean, um, <laughs> like what we saw him do with Diggs. Um, yep. The only thing is just the whole, if they can find a way to restructure the contract so yeah. you can keep everyone around him, because Indy is kind of getting into that window where if they get a legit quarterback, they're a Super Bowl contender. I'm not saying they yeah. are with Phillip Rivers, but if you get a younger option, that window extends even further. Yeah, the pieces the pieces are there. Ty is getting a little bit old, but the pieces are definitely there. And Frank 
it's hard not to love Frank for me, obviously for yeah. for Buffalo Bills reasons. But I didn't even think about the piece that you said, which is Frank's connection to Carson. Carson played his best football with Frank. Yeah, that was just one thing I wanted to say. And then yep. with the Steelers too in this game, I just look at it as look if they can stay competitive and be good. But I just want Cleveland to win this Cleveland to win Sunday, Pittsburgh to lose, and then Week Seventeen we get Sunday Night Football. Brown Steelers for the North. Because yesterday, you too, Chase Claypool was tweeting out, oh, hat and t-shirt game. Well, guess what, Chase? They're still in the boxes. But I'm, go- I'm going Colts. I'm, I, you got to go Colts with this one. They've had a hat and t-shirts game for the last three weeks in a row, I think, haven't they? <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Um, Broncos and Chargers is another just, there's a lot of ugly games this weekend. Yeah, yeah, this is not a fun week. for This past weekend was great. This weekend is not great. Yeah. Division rivals, obviously, I love this, this Herbert kid. I'm not yeah. a Drew Locke fan at all. Um, I'm not a Velvet Gordon fan at all. But for me, this Herbert kid is fun to watch. He is not the future of the NFL, but he is a piece of the future of the NFL. This kid can play football. Oh, he can. Um, I also think, too, this is a battle of Two coaches that one coach will probably be fired, and one coach I think that could get fired. They're both getting. They're both gone. I th- which one do you think? Uh, Lynn. Lynn's gone for sure. Van yeah. G- uh, Vic Fangio's gone too. But I think that both will land back on their feet in offensive coordinator and defensive oh, coordinator. Oh, for sure. Just with Lynn, like after he took over, because when he got spanked by the Patriots a few weeks ago, I was just like, yeah, that's kind of the final straw. But even too, when he compared it to like. Pearl Harbor, and like he took over special teams play calling. I'm just like, it doesn't get much worse than that. I think they keep Sykin. I think they keep Pep Hamilton on just to run the offense. But And the only other thing, uh, too, I think is maybe Gus Bradley gets fired. And even, too, like, Lynn's like the guy, too. It's like, oh, he's nice and everything. But I'm like, if you look at all the close losses you have, you got to, you just got to. Because you're going to have 20 suitors knocking at the door to coach Herbert. You're you're going to. And then with Fangio, I just think that he's an old school guy in a new school league. You got to get a young, fresh offensive mind in there. One guy I was looking at potentially for that job is Joe Brady of the Carolina Panthers right now. Yeah. Just because of like, look, they've kind of made ma- not magic work in Carolina, but Carolina's managed to, you know what, make themselves good when not good, but even like they looked good even though they're four and ten when everyone thought they'd be a two win team right now. The problem is, is the, the Broncos staff, if they believe it, and specifically the fans, are delusional in the fact that they think that Drew Locke somehow is going to have the same prog- like progression that Josh Allen had. Josh Allen is, is an enigma, and like the, the tools, and everybody knew Josh Allen coming into the league was a huge project. Huge, and the, and the biggest problem that Bill's Mafia had was we didn't want a project. We wanted a guy that could start today and play today. Well, here we are three years later, and he's developed Drew Locke is not Josh Allen. So, for me, even even when Fangio gets fired, they've still got a quarterback problem, in my opinion. Um, another hot take. Uh, that's a potential landing spot for Darnold, in my opinion, I think would be the Denver Broncos. Uh, potentially. Um, that's good. That's good. Sorry about that, folks. But, yeah, like he said, the Bills didn't want to experiment, and everyone thought that, hey, if Josh Allen could do it in Buffalo, why can't Drew Locke? But that's right. I think more than likely, you're not, I don't think Drew Locke's necessarily going to be out in Denver, but... I think they bring in someone to compete with him in camp to kind of like light that fire, like what the Bears did this right. past offseason. The, the thing about Josh Allen is there was flashes, right? As much as people love to hate on Josh Allen, specifically about the accuracy issues, Josh Allen was clutch long before he was good, right? I mean, he was a gamer. There was like you saw the arm talent. He couldn't control it. He didn't understand defenses and how to read them. 
especially in his first season, but you saw like what was there. Like there was there was diamond in the rough type stuff that if it could be unearthed and like cleaned up, like there was potential there. I saw none of that this weekend in Drew Locke. I mean, the best ball he threw was the touchdown to Noah Fant, which to me was bad coverage by Matt Milano. Uh, and I got kind of blown up ratioed on that on Twitter. But it just if, if Matt Milano was wearing a 54 jersey, AJ Klein, everybody would agree with me. But because he was wearing 58, like everybody got mad at me. But the reality is, is that was a better ball than it was coverage, if that makes any sense. But outside of that, I didn't see anything from Locke that made me go like, oh, this kid's got a future in the NFL. Like, look out. But that's just me. No, it's me too. I think, look, like people thought, hey, look, he went 4-1 and one last year, but that, like the season was over. The only other thing right. I believe too is that uh, John Elway will forever bring in mediocre quarterbacks, so he can always Probably. be known as the greatest quarterback in the team's history. I think you said the last time we had talked. We talked. Yeah. <laughs> it's something I always like to bring up, and also too, they have sure. the unfortunate ownership situation because Pat Boland passed, and now right, right, there's a situation with the eight kids where they're trying to figure out who's in charge. But I think it's either if they can settle it and someone of the kids takes over, or they sell the team. I think that's that right. what happen in the next few years. Um, but no, we got Panthers football team, like I said, flex today, 405 window on CBS for some reason. Uh, we have Carolina, who who knows if Christian McCaffrey will play. We have the quarterback of the Washington football team going to strip clubs without a mask, which, hey, <laughs> if he was at a strip club on a Sunday night after a game, I wouldn't have a problem with it. But in COVID day and age, social media is your worst enemy. And also, too, you don't go to a strip club when there's a global pandemic out there. <laughs> Yeah, that as much as the Washington football team has been fun to watch this year, they really kind of they're like they're rallying around their head coach. You've got to take the Panthers. And the question is, is Alex Smith going to be back for this football game? I think he is, right? Uh, I be, I'm last I heard his status is still unknown from right. uh, the I forget his name because I heard it today on Greeny that uh, from the guy who covers the Washington football team for ESPN that the, his status is still up in the air, but. If Smith is anywhere ready to go, I think they want to trot him out there as opposed to Haskins because Haskins is going to have to deal with the media circus now just because of COVID. Just yeah, because of was, this little stupid was, thing that he did. I was in Columbus for all of Haskins' career when he was a Buckeye, and I when he got drafted and like just to, just to listen to Washington fans on Twitter be like, "Oh, this kid is the kid," and I'm like, "Um, I'm not so sure." Like, yeah, he wasn't good in college, in my opinion, but it's yeah, he's shown he's shown the same thing in college in in the pros. In my opinion, he showed in college. I'll take the Panthers in that football game for me. You know what? I'm going to take the Panthers, too, because the Panthers are, like also I said, too, like how they've kind of managed to make chicken salad out of chicken shit. <laughs> That's good. Um, shout out Mike Florio because he uses it all the time on Pro Football Talk. Um, nice. I think, look, the Panthers were frisky against the Packers last week, so right, I think right. if you can get frisky with the Packers in a game that I, I, I even came out in here and said – that the Packers were going to steamroll them when it was only an eight-point game. They had the back, the they had the backdoor cover. I, I think the Panthers win too. This game, though, I can see being an ugly, low-scoring game. Yeah, yeah. No, you're probably right. It's going to be ugly. Yeah. And uh, Rams Seahawks, the late game in the Fox window because the other one is just uh, ugly. Um, will the Rams bounce back? I after last week, I have the same belief as the Steelers that look, you get this team into January. I'm not going to pick them to win. I also just. Don't like this team. I nothing about the Rams. Like I respect McVay, but besides that, it's just ugly jerseys, inconsistent quarterback play from Jared Goff. Yeah, that's the other argument I was making with you too about the whole thing. If Wentz and Goff can get their money, I, Allen can get thirty easily. Oh, for sure. Um, but the only thing with this game is though, 
McVay has always been able to beat the Seahawks. The only time he did right. it was when Greg Zerline missed the field goal last year on Thursday Night Football. With that being said, though, I think that this is a game where Seattle, if they really want to stamp themselves as a legit contender for January, this is the kind of football game you have to go win. If you ever get the opportunity, go back. Uh, so on Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network, and you have to go back to probably preseason, Bruce Nolan did uh, a podcast on why Josh Allen is not Jared Goff or Mitch Trubisky. Uh, and he just broke down the offenses and what was being asked even back then of Josh Allen to play versus what Goff and Trubisky are being asked to do. Uh, Goff is not a good quarterback in the NFL. If, I, if you're going to ask me to pick Russell Wilson or Jared Goff, I'm going to take Russell Wilson all day long. So, yeah, I'm taking Russell Wilson in that football game. Uh, Sam, you know what? This is in Seattle, too. It's late December. The weather can be a factor. Right, Even right. though the Rams win that gorgeous new stadium in L.A. Right, um, right. But, no, with L.A., look, you can rebound or bounce back, but if you lose this game, it's going to look like you're going into a downward spiral going into January, which, look, Steelers fans are panicking, and I don't know how many Rams fans exist in this world, but I feel like the <laughs> five or ten of them that do, because I know this for a fact, that in Southern California there are more Raider fans than Rams and Chargers fans. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, is, that, is that for gang reasons or? A little column A, a little column B. <laughs> um, but one thing I'd love to see that I know Jet fans hated was Jamal Adams' excitement about making the playoffs. And I was just right. like, oh, yeah, I've never been here before. Like, I hated Adams when he was on the uh, on the Jets just because he was always just cocky. And I'm like, you're on the Jets. But now I'm just like, you know what? You're out of my conference. I don't have to see you again until 2024. You do you. But I know it's just eating at Jets fans right now, and I just love that too. I don't remember exactly what his parting comments were, but he made a comment about the Bills versus the Jets. He was talking about the Bills coaches like they actually know how to coach or something like that. But it was, yeah, it was it's just kind of funny. But, yeah. I'm, yeah. So, so. Uh, but he's, he's a linebacker. He's not a safety, but that's another conversation for another day. Exactly. And then Eagles-Cowboys, which I feel like they put this game at 425. Pass. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like eight months ago, Fox was looking at this like, oh, NFC East, all this stuff. But, yeah, no, right, this, right. Is, this is a pass. Like if I had to pick a game from the 4 o'clock window to watch, I'm probably going to go Rams-Seahawks. Yeah. Uh, J- Jalen Hurts wins again, in my opinion. Yeah, you know what? I love how Doug Peterson comes out and says, oh, yeah, we don't know who we're going to start. And it's like Hurts. It's like, Doug, do you want to keep your job? Just keep saying Jalen Hurts is our starter. <laughs> Like, it's as simple yeah. as that. You're going to yeah. make your fan base happy, because I know, but also, to Eagle fans, suffering kind of doesn't affect me at all. I don't really. you Eagle fans, you do you, because I see them all the time being bitching and everything, because they just want to be happy. But I don't want them to be happy. But at the same time, too, if there's another fan base I want to see suffer, it is the We Dem Boys, you know, we're going to win playoffs, Super Bowl. One take I have about this Dallas Cowboy team, though, if they want to win, I think Jerry Jones has to get above his ego, but he won't, and hire a football guy to run the team. Never. It's he never won't. He won't, but I've been saying it. You want to win, get a football guy in there to make the football guy moves, not you. Yeah, it's amazing. When you look at certain teams that have Super Bowl potential rosters, whether it's the Cowboys or the Browns and some of these teams, and like they just underperform year after year after year, yeah, it's at some point. Yeah, you you have to look at the coach, and that's I mean, whether it's a Belichick, I love McDermott and what he's doing, and just some of these other guys. It's just like to me, Pete Carroll's not exactly a great head coach either. Sean McVay is good, but it's just it'll be interesting to see. They're talking about Mike McCarthy keeping his job. 
So like for till next year, which would be a surprise to me, but yes, to your point, Jerry Jones is the problem with that organization. And he has been for a very long time. Look, you guys went in there and kicked their ass on Thanksgiving last year. And like Jason, get, <laughs> Jason didn't even get fired. They let his contract expire. They basically right. said like, like it made it seem like, Oh my God, we don't want to fire him. They want to fire Mr. Clapper. Like, we, right. like the one guy you said to Pete Carroll, Pete Carroll is also an excellent gum chewer for those of you who don't know. Very good. Very good at chewing gum. Very good at chewing gum. But no, I got to go Eagles in this game. There's just. You're going to Eagles. Yeah. 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 yeah probably me too. Jalen Hurts. Until they. The book will come out on Jalen Hurts, but it won't. The Cowboys won't be the one to find it. So, yeah. No. And uh, on to Sunday Night Football where we have Titans and Packers, which this game right here. You know how you were saying before Sam Darnold gets out of New York and he gets to find his potential? Yeah. Look at Ryan Tannehill. <laughs> I remember people go back to those tweets of when he was traded to the Titans, and everyone's like, oh, what's Tennessee doing, all this stuff right there? And they almost went to the Super Bowl last year. And this year, there's yeah. a good chance... <coughs> Excuse me. Um, no, I just had the cough. Um, yep. They are a team that are right in the thick of things again, where I was like, yep. I don't know what they're going to do. I thought maybe they have a regression year. They're right there. It's just their only concern for me is in this game... You have two bad pass defenses, and more more importantly, pass rushing. So if you give both quarterbacks enough time to get the ball off, it could be a shootout, like a Big 12-style football game. But I said this from a while ago. This game will either win or lose people fantasy championships. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, Derrick Henry against this Packers run defense, which is pretty bad, It this is a game, honestly, I'm going Titans. Really? Yeah. To me, so the Buffalo Bills owned uh, Ryan Tannehill his entire Dolphins career. Now, I'm not saying he's the same quarterback now that he was then, but Ryan Tannehill screams the greatest game manager from the quarterback position I've ever seen. Like, he's not a guy that's going to beat you. He doesn't have the arm talent to, like, you know, take over a football game. He just literally literally makes the throws he has to make, if that makes any sense. Like, yeah. Like, he does exactly what they ask him to do. Derrick Henry, you know, as he goes, that offense goes. But, man, I, I love me some Aaron Rodgers, and I love me some uh, – some uh, uh, who's the running back out Aaron there? Jones. Aaron Jones. Uh, Aaron Jones, yeah. I love Aaron Jones. I mean, Devontae Adams. All that fun stuff. But you know what? We had – for this – for Joe's night conversation, we had the appetizer. We had the main course. We had the salad. Now it's dessert. <laughs> now it's Monday night football. The rivalry game with probably the Monday Night Football. I have a hot take, though, about Monday Night Football. It has nothing to do with the game. The duo, the, the trio calling the game this year, I prefer I prefer Joe Tessitore in the booth as opposed... If this booth were just Steve Levy and Lewis Riddick, it would be ten times better. I do not like Brian Greasy. I just It's just something about him. He always seems to make those like weird compliments. Like He knows the game, but when it comes to... Uh, when it comes to X's, like certain things, I'm just like, oh God, why are you I don't, here? I don't, I don't see Brian Greasy in the booth next year. He's awful. Yeah. Uh, even with player names, uh, who is where, and like what they're doing, like even the Bills game against the Niners, he was awful. Uh, he called him Mike Milano. He called him uh, uh, Sean Sean Dable or something like that. Like he mis like. And then he did it again in, in the Pittsburgh game uh, this past Monday night. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I like Levy. I like the Riddick guy. Um, which he, uh, Lewis Riddick is actually the son of Rob Riddick, who used to be a running back for the Buffalo Bills, inter- interestingly enough. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I don't see Brian Greasy returning to that booth, in my opinion. I think Steve Levy's great. So yeah. he actually came on before the Buffalo Bills game and the Niner, Niners game, and he said, my job in the booth 
is literally to ask the questions that he feels the fans at home are asking, and I think he does a good job of that. I think Steve Levy does a good job. He, he does. Um, I like Tess, but with Lewis, though, he may not be in the booth next year just because he's uh, there's a few general manager jobs that he's kind of right. after, but yeah, at the yeah. same time, too, ESPN could come to him and just be like, hey, you want a Brinks truck? Because yeah. they, they have that Disney money. Like, we just they saw do. it. They went out there and aggressively acquired the SEC, like, no problem. But on to the game now. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Disney money can just go saying. all in. Just saying. Dude. Yeah. Mickey Mouse just driving the Brinks truck back up to his house, being like, hey, how much you want? Um, <laughs> but Monday Night Football, because when, when, this, when this game came out on the schedule, it's the same thing as Eagles-Cowboys. Everyone thought, you know what, Patriots can be competitive, Bills are going to be good, Week 16, AFC East, this is for all the marbles. That's not quite the case, and I had to eat crow, because I even said that to you last time you were here. Oh, yeah, this game's going to be for the AFC East, but you were like, no, 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 and now I'm like, well, shit. This game, more than anything to me, is a, should be a feeler for the Bills, for the general public, like outside of Western New York, Bills Mafia, wherever they reside. Right. That's the one thing I've discovered, too, is that there are Bills fans in Denver, Colorado, that you guys are pocketed everywhere. Like, everywhere. R.I.P. to... I, pa, Pancho or Pancho, the guy that the guy from Texas, Pancho Villa. yeah, who uh, passed away unfortunately, was in te- is in Texas. Oh, look at that! What are the odds? <laughs> oh, don't you just love a good coincidence? But um, yeah, this is a game for where the people outside of Bills Mafia, I think, to see of how good this team could be in January. In this game, if the Bills want to steamroll us, be my guest because I'm at the point where I'm like, hey, if we end up finishing seven and nine, we still get a good teens draft pick and we can yeah. look to the future but at the same time too i wouldn't be totally shocked if we saw a very similar game to what happened back in november it'll be interesting like i told you earlier i'm i'm really excited to see what belichick rolls out against josh uh against josh allen for me this game matters the bills have to you know do what they've got to do to retain that number two seed uh Sean McDermott has made it very known this this season that you know it's not about making the playoffs. They've done that twice. That it's about home field advantage in the playoffs. You want to win football games in the playoffs, you get home field advantage. For me, they are they are hungry to get that number two seed. Um, this is a different football team than even the, the the first time around when these two teams played. Josh Allen was injured in that football game. It wasn't widely known, but he had a left shoulder issue that he actually happened in the Raiders game. Uh, I think. There'll be some tape stuff. If they roll six defensive backs out there against Josh Allen, in my opinion, I, I just don't know that. Uh, I don't know, man. I just I, I I think this is going to be another statement game and a long line of statement games for the Buffalo Bills this season. Yeah, um, I I have a feeling too. You guys, your first wild card game, you're going to be that weird Sunday game where they're doing that Nickelodeon thing. I don't know if you saw that. They're doing like no. the yeah. So basically, the NFL is doing this thing where. It's like they're making it for kids. Like they're broadcasting it on Nickelodeon where they're having like slime oh. touchdown celebrations and all that stuff. Like, yes, I did see that. I think it's meant for like like kids your daughter's age who are trying to get into football or they're trying to get like, right. or even younger generation, like the younger, like kids yep, born in yep, the 2010s. Yep, yep. Um, but no, this is a game where honestly, like if the Bills really want to put their stamp in on the AFC, you go out there and you kick our asses like the Rams did. You go out for there sure. and just shove it down our throats. Um yep. But at the same time, too, there's like, well, like me saying it could be like last time is the fan in me saying, hey, it's AFC's football. It's all just a matter of 
not even our offense, it's what our defense does. Because if our defense cannot sure. find an answer to what you guys throw at us, sure. it's going to be a long night. Yeah, I did. The, off- the offensive style that the Bills are playing now is different than back then. Uh, you know, clearly, uh, so you're not going to have Burkhead in this game, right? Nope. And then who's the Harris kid? Is the Harris kid still hurt? He's questionable going into the week. We don't know yet, but gotcha. I will say this too. Ever since Burkhead went down, our football team has looked very different. But I do think that going forward, Harris is our running back of the future, which is Possibly. one thing I want to segue into you. Because I know you guys have Zach Moss, Devin Singletary on rookie deals. But would you prefer the two combo you have now, or would you rather have like that Derrick Henry ask, you know what, just put the ball in his hands and let him go kind of running back? So to answer that question, the easiest way for me to answer it, and I could have been wrong because clearly we're not sure what Le'Veon Bell is right now. When Lev Bell got released, I wanted Le'Veon Bell because I believe that Singletary and Moss are both complementary backs. I don't think that either of them are number one, which the reality is is the Patriots have made a living in the last 20 years with kind of complementary backs. They've never really had a bell cow. You know, Ben Jarvis Green Ellis, you know, I mean, obviously Antoine Smith at some point in time in there, but they've done a lot of, like, just rolling out the hot guy. Who's hot? And then they just kind of let that guy eat. Um I would rather so I wanted Bell because it was like if you're going to be up back then you know when when Bell got released the Bills were you know in three possession football games and then they didn't have a guy that they could just smash into the line of scrimmage and like destroy the defense so for me that's kind of what I wanted I would still prefer to have a number one and a number two give me Moss or Singletary probably Singletary over Moss right now Moss is kind of finding his, his is finding his rhythm he did a decent job against the Denver Broncos. But to me, you know, neither one of them scream Derrick Henry or scream, you know, Aaron Jones or scream, you know, Zeke. I mean, they're just not they're not that guy. Right. But I also believe that the Bills are past first offense. They're very much Dable has a huge history with the Patriots. Yep. Huge history with McDaniels. And I'm not saying Josh Allen is not Tom Brady, so do not misunderstand what I'm saying. But there are concepts and there are things that the Buffalo Bills are doing right now that are very reminiscent of when the the Patriots were a pass-first offense. They had a a high-accuracy passer, an offensive line that could block, and wide receivers that could catch, like very consistently, very at a very high at a very high rate. And then they just mixed in the run. I want to see them come out and literally do that against the Patriots. If they turn into a turtle shell run. And run the ball forty times, I'm going to be upset. But that's just me. Even you know, if they win, I'm be upset. You so. know, you, you know what? Just stick with what you know. It's when you overcomplicate things is when you mm-hmm. lose football games. That's yeah. why, like right now, I'm ha- having frustrating moments with McDaniel's because, like, I see. Look, if you let Cam be Cam, that's when we kind of have success. But when right. they force Cam to do these quick screen routes or just uh, quick screen throws into man coverage, it's just like infuriating because you're throwing just gimme balls to the other team that could have potentials right. over there. There's just oh, – there. I could go on all day about the pros and – not pros and cons, because like, there's not a lot of pros. I could right. go like, – because the one pro I will say about this team is our punter, Jake Bailey, and like I know you. You're the only person in the world I think I know who owns a Bills jersey of, of a punter. So we'll see if that jersey goes 5-0. <laughs> we will see. I see the uh, Bohorquez jersey. I know about it. I know I'm a Pats fan, but I know you are the proud owner of a Corey Bohorquez jersey. Because I lost a bet. So just make sure you preface it with I lost yeah. a bet. You so. lost, who lost a bet. You know what? It's better than a tattoo, though. It's not like you have to get Bojo written on your arm and ink or anything. Because that, that's a different story. Hashtag Boho Mojo jersey this week. So, yeah, for sure. Oh, I love it. I love it. Um, 
well, anyway, guys, uh, we I think we've covered all the tables. We got each other set. We're both going. I don't even I need to ask you who you think's winning Monday night. I'm I'm going Buffalo just because based off look, they're the better team. It pain, it pains me. Oh, it's just like oh, well, I can't believe you're saying that. Look, for as much as I want to be a homer, I gotta be a realist because right. when you're a homer, you look bad. I'm not Skip Bayless. I'm not gonna be an idiot or Max Kellerman for that matter. Which on the Max Kellerman note, I want to say one thing that Drew Brees is playing how I think Kellerman thought Brady would start in uh, 2016. Mm, you might be right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, Joe, it was a pleasure to get to talk to you once again. We'll have to do this again in the uh, yeah, in the playoffs in the offseason. We'll see if our schedules work together. Cause I'll, yeah, I'll, be, I'll be here. All depends on you. But anyway, yep. for the people out there. All right, so we're back. Um, had some issues on the computer, so I had to switch to the phone, guys. Sorry about that. So if there's ever random just stop starts, that's me. I'm going to go back and fix it. But anyway, Joe... Um, for anyone out there, Bills Mafia related, uh, to where they can find you online, and even to your podcast, you know what? This is your chance. Plug yourself away. <laughs> I appreciate that, and it's 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 an honor and a privilege just to be here. I appreciate you having me on, bro. Uh, so I am the host, uh, the voice, if you will, of the Overreaction Sports Podcast, which is a uh, Buffalo Bills podcast on the Buffalo Fanatics Podcast Network. Uh, you can find that podcast on Twitter at Overreaction SP1. And then you can find me on Twitter uh, at Joe Miller Wired. And I make this one single solitary guarantee, which is that if you follow me, I will follow you back, regardless of your team and politics. And I will not unfollow you unless you tweet porn. So find me on Twitter, follow me, and uh, let's, uh, let's talk football. Sounds good. Sounds great. Well, anyway, guys, thank you very much for listening to episode 50, actually. Episode 5 of YWC oh, nice. Football Talk. Yeah, nice. I made it there. I'm slowly grinding away. Uh, got big plans for 2021. Going to keep the show going. But anyway, Joe, it was a blast. Nice. Um, Merry Christmas and happy holidays to you and your family. And uh, same, same. we'll see what happens come six days from now. I know for everyone saying, oh, why are you recording this so early? But it's because, look, I wanted to record this before the uh, 23rd or 24th just because, look, family stuff's going to start getting in the way. So while we have the free time, yeah. why not? Well, anyway, guys, that's going to wrap it up for this episode. I thank you very much, Joe. I thank Andy McNamara once again for coming on. But anyway, guys, for all of you out there, have a Merry Christmas, have a safe and happy holidays, and we'll see you next week as we get ready for Week 17 and the college football semifinals. Good night, everyone. Go Bills. Go Bills. Fascination, baby. (laughs) I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people, he, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. Had all, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast. Heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com. Hi, I'm Logan Anderson, host of the Say the Damn Score podcast. On my show, I deep dive into the sports broadcasting business by, you guessed it, talking to sportscasters. The show has featured big names like Bob Costas, Kenny Albert, and Vern Lundquist, as well as many up-and-coming broadcasters who you may not know yet, but you will know soon. Whether you're looking for professional development as a sportscaster, different career paths, or if you just want to be entertained by hearing some of the best storytellers in the world tell their own stories, this podcast is for you. You can subscribe to the podcast on all major podcast platforms, or you can visit our website, saythedamnscore.com.